I thought that's what it was called, but it wasn't coming up in uh, dumb Google. <laughs> All right. You should stop using dumb Google. It is not good. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I used to use uh, Ask Dumb Jeeves, and that, was, uh, that, was, that didn't work out real good. Yeah, yeah. For a long time, I went to Adur. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. And uh, normally, I like to start the show one of two ways. One is with, with boasting. Just sure, sure, yeah, nice boast. Usually yeah, groundless good. boasting is what I prefer. I like to okay, boast about something good. that someone, no one should boast about and or uh, I like to... Um, I like to. Um, oh man, I, you asked me a question before the show started, and now. Oh, anyway, so my yeah, I, I said like, what do you like boasting about? My next, my next thing. The other thing I like to start the show with is with apologies. So uh, I just wanted to apologize because uh, listeners who sent in questions for our question episode, which is way back at episode four hundred and fifty, we're now at four sixty three, I believe. Sure, uh, so that not. was thirteen shows ago. I promised them that I would send them a sticker, and I have not done so. But I do have sitting beside me in a pile a bunch of addressed envelopes that I will mail tomorrow with with uh, stickers in them. And, but before I, but I just wanted to. Um, I have a note here. Let me just find okay. my note that I wrote to myself on a piece of paper. About, about the sticker. Now, did you stick this note up with one of the stickers? I did, not, I did not, because I don't want to waste the stickers on on my, my own pleasure. But, no, no, they're not stickers for your pleasure, for sure. Okay. If you, have, if you go to that shop that makes uh, stickers for your own pleasure, that is a very different shop than the one that we normally use. So um, here's the thing. Now, yes. some people sent in questions. But they did not, as far as I can tell, send me their address. You may have sent me your address and I missed it, in which case I apologize if it came in some in some way. But would please Amy, Jake, Matthew, Ryan, Mick, and Ed send me your addresses. And I promise I will not sell them on to Haitian gangsters who will then sell them on to some sort of phone thing where you then will get tons of emails telling you you've won a contest. These will just be so I can send you the stickers. So that's Amy Bryson, Jake Schultz, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, Ryan McNamee, Mick <laughs> Elliott, and Ed Dragansky. You all sent me, or all sent us, sorry, questions, but I need your addresses. So if you wouldn't mind yeah, sending those, me your address so I can send you stickers. All sound very fake. <laughs> they do? Those all sound like aliases. They, well, they might be aliases. Yeah, it sounds like a guy like this is like, pulling you over like, hey, buddy, like, what? what? What's your name? My name. Uh, and looks over at the uh, at the at the building that's like an yeah. education building. Ed, and then just like quickly looks over and sees a squirrel dragging a nut. Drag, and then sees a person named Gansky, and then goes Gansky. How does how does he know this person's name is Gansky? Yeah. How does he know that though? I don't know. I is don't, he I don't know a... why a squirrel is dragging a nut. <laughs> well, squirrels do drag nuts. There's that. Yeah. There's a fantastic bit of of, uh, of uh, video on YouTube of some workmen uh, opening up a satellite, some sort of dish on a satellite, uh, or maybe it's a phone tower, and they open it up and about four million nuts drop out of it because that's where squirrels were hiding them, but they couldn't get them back out again. So oh. so they just kept putting nuts into this into this uh, chamber, and then oh there was there was quite a few. I think it was um, 
I can't remember how many there were. There was a lot. It was a lot. Was and a- then they saw a little note on the on the when they got down to the bottom again. Yeah. They opened it up and it was from the squirrels that said "nuts to you." <laughs> it was like oh, those well, guys. They, they shouldn't say that. At least they they yeah. released the nuts. They did release the nuts, and that's uh, you know they look much like on this show, huh? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I, Boy, I now realize yeah. we, used to, we used to have squirrels uh, at uh, the first apartment that my wife and I lived in together. And I thought, like, oh, this is what squirrels are like. And I now look back and go, those squirrels were just jerks. Like, they were just <laughs> full-on jerks. Like, we put out a plant, and they just, like, you know, over the night, they just pick it up and just, like, huck it over the balcony. Yeah, just for no yeah. reason. Just, Hurrah! smash. <laughs> and, you know, we put up, like, something like a little bird feeder or whatever. And it's not like they would steal... Uh, like just the seed from inside. Of course they do that. But then they'd go, well, we better chew that thing to death and just wreck it completely. Like, all right, they'll do that too. They were just jerks. One time they, five of them, uh, you know, surrounded my cat and, oh. and, you know, as I told before I went out and, uh, they didn't move when I went out, they weren't scared of me. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, Oh, this is when the revolution happens. <laughs> and uh, I, I clapped my hands and that made them go. Oh, okay. I didn't understand how this man could make thunder. <laughs> um, and, I, and I was like, oh, at some point I'm going to have to fight these squirrels. I will have to fight these squirrels. They're going to come at me. They're going to like, get up the confidence yeah. and uh, just come right at me. And I'm going to have to figure out how to fight a gang of squirrels. I, and I think, I mean, if you, tra- if you trap them, blows. I guess, I guess you, I guess if you trap them, they, they could. They could conceivably attack you. Mm, yeah, that's what, no, I think they just would because they're jerks. Oh, just jerk squirrels is what I they were. I didn't realize that they were. Though I do remember when I when I first moved to Vancouver. Yeah, the squirrels in Stanley Park were much much more aggressive, mm. and I think uh, that has changed as a different type of squirrel has taken over the park. Yes, they are but, pushing out the formerly uh, indigenous squirrels are being Right, but those out. indigenous squirrels, uh, people were feeding them so much that if you just like sat down for half a second, you just have like some on your lap going, hey, buddy, and be like, geez, get out of here. And they'd be like on your shoulder and like looking your ear like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, ugh. So, you know, while I'm sorry about the takeover, yeah. uh, it has made things more peaceful. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Let's not go too too deep into that subject. Okay. Being okay with indigenous creatures being pushed out of their, their, I guess. Yeah, you're right. It's not a good thing to talk about right after Columbus. You're right. (laughs) Fair point. I'll just tell you. Okay, I'll go with this. Hey, I just made a a, a sweet potato in uh, tomato, lime, and cardamom sauce. It was very, very good. Wait a second. Back up here. Okay, you made a sweet potato... Sweet pot- it's uh, sweet potato. Lime. In tomato, to- lime, oh, sorry, and cardamom to- sauce. So sweet potato, tomato. Sweet potato. Yeah. We were there so far, right? Yeah, yeah. Now it's in. Yeah. In. I've sliced them up into rounds. I see. I've oh, and then the sauce. The, the sauce is a tomato. The sauce cardamom is sauce. tomato, lime, oh. and cardamom sauce. Okay. And uh, it was uh, very, very good. I don't think I know cardamom as as a spice. So is it is that a warm spice like uh, like allspice or cloves or something like that? It's kind of a smooth spice. Uh, it's uh, maybe a little cinnamony, but not cinnamony. Mm. But it's of that type of spice. Okay. If you've got a Finnish mother-in-law, yeah, you will uh, learn about cardamom, and it's uh, very tasty. It's very good in a cookie. It's very nice, but it's I, also very I, nice. I was going to say, I think I've had it in buns. 
Yes, you probably have had. Uh, I think I've had bums. cardamom bun or cardamoms, yes. is it called? And uh, all Otto Lenghi recipes are uh, complicated and then incredibly delicious. So <laughs> uh, it, it has not uh, disappointed. It was uh, very, very nice. So do you say Otto I, Lenghi? Otto Lenghi is the name of the uh, of the the person who uh, is the used, used to be the host author. of the Transatlantic or no the tra- the what was it called? Is that the same guy, Otto Lenghi? Uh, I, I, I don't he's, know. What he's are passed you, away, what? right? He's passed away. He has not t- passed away at all. I just oh. got his new cookbook. Oh, okay. I must have him confused. I, for some reason, I'm think I, his name seems like there used to be a show on CBC when I was a, when I was a teenager. Okay. It would not be him. This is Yotam Otto, Otto Lenghi. He's an Israeli-English chef uh, and a, a cookbook author. But his, and he has a, re- a restaurant. His last name was Otto Lenghi? That is correct. Maybe his name is a tribute to this former radio host of, of the CBC. Yeah, he was probably when he was born in 1968. They went, let's let's name him as a tribute to this. Uh, this uh, no. That, do, you, do you remember? Do you remember that show? Oh, maybe not. It was like it was on a, in the in at night. I think it was actually on like a, it was one of their midnight shows. All right, do tell you know? me tell me about this. And the mm-hmm. idea of the show was that he was on a train going from European city to European city, and he would play the music of that European city. And the the show had some sort of name like the transcontinental or something like that and it was uh it seemed like it was like, on cbc yeah yeah it was on for and when was this uh, when was this on well i remember hearing it as as a as a young adult and you're a, thinking of otto yeah lowry ah maybe otto, with his otto first yeah. name lowry l-o-w-y l-o-w-y that's right okay uh, otto i guess he, i guess the way he pronounced it it sounded like uh because I think he pronounced it in a, in a European way that I can't remember now. Maybe it was oh, it was Otto Lowy. That's what it was, Otto Lowy. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know fun. what? It's just the years. The years have have you know passed by. And you're absolutely right that he did uh, do the transcontinental hmm. uh, radio show for CBC Radio Two. How many years do you think he did it for, Dave? Oh my God, it was a CBC show, so he probably did it for 25 years. 22 years. Very, very close. Man, pretty good, though. Pretty good. Yeah, you know, once you were on the CBC in those days, you were like, you were. it's like you're a tenured professor. Here's also Nothing one you of the did founders. Would, yeah. You could, like, founders, you could cheer oh. on the, the destruction of indigenous squirrels in a park, and you'd still have a job. Yeah, you, you could. Uh, here's another <laughs> thing that he did, though, that's kind of impressive. He was one of the founders of the uh, Arts Club Theater in Vancouver. Oh, wow. That is impressive. In 1964. Wow, yeah. I mean, and he, and, uh, he left us in 2002. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, At the he was, age of uh, old. The age of old. They. Yeah. He was. Uh, he died as he lived on a train. A fake train, I guess. Yeah, he was just in the studio and fell over. So did uh, okay. So the okay. So so would they uh, when he was doing his talk? Or you know what? Talking- I to be. I'll t- tell you right now. I didn't really listen to it because it wasn't my thing. Okay. Like I like I like classical music. That's why I listened to CBC. Radio 2, as it was called, mostly used to be called CBC FM, as I liked. Anyway, but Radio 2, um, I listened to it for the classical music, but I tended to avoid the more kind of, I don't know how to call it, the less, I don't know, what do you, what do you call that show, the music on that show? Sort of more popular music. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, rather, yeah. Than, rather than classical music. Cause well, I was more well of a classical my question music was going to be like, if while he's doing his talking, yeah. is someone in the background going, chugga, 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 chugga. There was train sound, but I think it was. 
I I I don't think I ever made it much past the the opening of the show. He was a very had a very soothing voice, so I've got to give him that. Like he did. Did they shoot it in Vancouver? I will shoot it. Did yeah. they record it in Vancouver? They shot him in Vancouver. That's true. That's when he died. Um, well, why I'm asking? Why I'm asking yep. the Vancouver thing is because it was. I'm very familiar with the train whistle that they have at CBC Radio. Ah. They have one train whistle. Okay. And I have used said train whistle because it's fun. Uh, so if like he did do this show and they did have a train whistle, then I, sir, have blown that train whistle. You and Otto All Louis on my list of have things both blown. blown. Well, that's yeah. great. That's great. Uh, Opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both, brother. Yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, yeah let's say that he did he did record it here because I mean if you form the Arts Club Theater here, I'm, I can't imagine that he skedaddled off to Toronto, although he might have. He might have big-timed it and thought, you know what? I'm too big for this little burg of Vancouver, which in those days was a little burg. And I, mm-hmm. I imagine it took quite a bit of uh, willpower to get an arts club theater going here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think like when I just said that he founded it. Uh, 64. Said, like, he founded 64. It 64, and yet yeah. I'm now clicking on the arts club theaters page, Yeah. and it says it was found. Oh, I see. So the the theater yeah. uh, sprung out of uh, the arts club, and the arts club was a private club for artists, musicians, and actors. I see. And then they went, let's do our own theater. And, you know, no one had the nerve to go, ugh. So they, uh, <laughs> so they did it, and they've been, I guess, successful uh, ever since. Well, one of the one of the kids' uncles had a, had a barn, and I mean, the other kids' uncles had a lumber yard. They were able to get a lot of stuff to make a stage, and... What, you can't stop the train once it gets going, hence the transcontinental. There, there you are. And then it stopped when he passed away. <laughs> yeah. I think I haven't listened to the CBC for a long time, so I don't want to speak out of turn, but I feel like it is less eclectic than it once was. Mm. At one time, it was, seemed very un, un, nonspecific in who they were aiming things at, is how I describe it. But uh, it yeah. kind of, it's sort of normalized. It's you know, like you listen to it nowadays, and they'll, they'll play things like, well, like if you listen in the morning, it's like a reg- it's like any other drive time radio show. Only the music is slightly more Canadian and a little more alternative. You know, like you'll hear madness or something like that. You know what I mean? Like so you'll hear something that's like you don't normally hear on the radio right. nowadays. But they'll play like the kind of odd thing and then and more Canadian artists, obviously. But but other than that, it's like you listen to a drive time radio show. It's like a you know, a, a, there's news on the every fifteen minutes it feels like and then are you talking about CBC Radio? There's CBC Radio one, two, and three, right? Is yeah, I'm thinking of uh, well, whatever the whatever the former FM was, because the uh, the AM is mostly like talking radio. It's like a lot of stuff about you know your health and political things. They'll have their political roundtables and whatnot. Yeah, let me just I, I got to ask you this, and this mm-hmm. is uh, me asking a question that I really, really should know the answer. You to. you do know the answer to the question? No, I, I really it's purely don't. purely rhetorical. I, I honestly don't, and I should. I already feel set up. Uh, I used to be a, a writer for The Irrelevant Show, and I appear every so often on The Debaters. Yes. What CBC radio are those on? Those They're on both. They, they, uh, they, they well, have... you say both, but there's three. Yeah, I don't know what three is. What is three? CBC Radio 3. I just Well, you know what? I know... Okay. I can only Back. talk in terms of when I listen to it then because Okay, well let me answer your question quick. <laughs> when when I started off working on a show called Real Time with Leora Kornfeld, that was a show that was on CBC Radio, I think CBC whatever CBC Radio that was. They were the the main producer on the show yeah. was creating CBC Radio 3, 
uh, he was really interested in the internet. And I think I was just going to say the I think Radio Three is a, is a internet that, that would make sense because radio. he was very interested in uh, in the internet. And it was the first CBC show to take requests by like email, okay, and have really any kind of web presence. Wow, and it's one of the reasons that I'm was one of the first because they asked me to do uh, cartoons for them. So just by technical fluke, I'm one of the first digital comic book artists from Canada. If you see a listing of people that start off doing digital comics, I'm on the list. And it's good. Whoa. It's because I did like 12 comics oh. for real time that were that were put out back when all that was uh, starting up. So, yeah, it would make sense that CBC. Yeah, it's a digital radio station. You're correct. There you go. Yeah, okay. I, was, I was going to interrupt you. Then I just let you because I, I remember that when we were talking about. Oh, yeah, because that's where like a lot of a lot of sort of um, sort of fringe, you know, scene and stuff like that kind of ended up on, on CBC Radio 3 as that's, you know, because they needed content. And so. And the I think that's like where Dave. Mascot. I think that's where Dave Shumka is. Oh, for that instance. Could, yeah. That could be. Uh, the unofficial mascot for years was Bucky. Uh, had the body of a goose and the head of a deer. Thank God. There you go. I <laughs> didn't design Bucky though, so I've got nothing to do with Bucky. <laughs> you will take no blame. Yeah. So so shows like shows like the Irrelevant Show are madly off in all directions, and shows like that they they will be uh, broadcast at one time on on AM. And then they'll be rebroadcast at a different time on FM. So, okay. it, so sometimes, sometimes that's good. Like, you know, so if you missed a show, you can catch it again at a different time on, on, or if you, sometimes some of the radio shows are more immersive in their, in their soundscapes. And so it's more fun to listen to them on FM than it is on AM because you get more of a, a the stereo spectrum. And they can take advantage of that with their, their mix and their special effects and stuff like that. So some of the mystery shows that they used to produce would have like, you know, they would have sound effects and things in them, and they would be, you know, they'd have like a spectrum, so they'd be spread across the middle to the left and right, you know? Okay. So that was kind of interesting. But if you listen on AM, of course, you missed all that. It was just a mono signal. But if you went to the FM band and listened to the shows, then you get the stereo effects. Yeah, what I don't, yeah, when whenever I would be on uh, Debaters, yeah. that would be the show that friends of the family would know was on. And I'd realize, <laughs> oh, geez, a lot of people listen to yeah, yeah. A lot of people. And same thing with the relevant show I've ever got mentioned that I worked on that. I'm like, oh, we know that show. And I'm like, oh, all right. That's fine. But I, I was so distant from it because I would never really listen to it. Mm. But I just I just write for it. Or and same thing with debaters, I appear on it, but I wouldn't really listen to it. Uh, and then yeah, we we do the live shows and you just see these huge lineups and they'd be sold out and be like, Oh, there's an all right, there's an audience for this. That's interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember going to see uh, Basic Black live. And I've never felt younger in my life, by the way, but uh, I went to see Basic Black and, you know, and there's like, you know, and it was a big, it was a full, it was a full, I was in Surrey at some, you know, like theater in Surrey and it was, it was packed. It was packed. I didn't expect that. I thought, oh, a few people will show up. It's just a radio show, but no, it was packed. Everyone wanted to see it. That's when I was so disappointed to discover the, how scripted the show was because oh. I was watching it there and I'd, I'd always thought that, man, these guys are, these people on this radio show are so quick and smart like they really know how to have a conversation and they they're witty and the conversations you know are so quick and and flowing and then you realize oh this has all been written out okay gotcha yeah cbc is pretty uh, tight for that kind of thing. but i think that's okay like i i don't mind that i don't i don't like when you when you think about oh basic black why did it only have you know a show once a week 
And then the guy says, like, he's busy all week or whatever. You're like, come on, what are you doing? But then you realize, oh, because they were writing all their dialogue and stuff for it. You know, so the whole show was scripted. And then it was, there probably was like a bit of rehearsal. And then they would just do the show. Or even something like Q uh, is so, like, strongly researched that, you know, things Mm -hmm. will not probably stray from, you know, where, uh, you know, even though it sounds like, oh, it's a nice, loose conversation. And all that host is very well informed. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, maybe they are. But also, yeah, it's very, very uh, CBC Radio keeping it tight. There was it's, well, uh, it's no, it's no podcasts. I remember when the original host of Q, John Gameshi, of course, got in a lot of hot water for stuff. His actions, his actions, and and a lot of people were like, you know, but I so admired him and the things that he said. And I was, you know, I was reading about the show after that because you know I was kind of curious. I had not really listened to it very often, but I was kind of curious about it. And then it turns out, you know, like all his like right on editorials that people were like admiring him for so much weren't even written by him they're written by a guy who lived in the maritimes who just like he wasn't even in the building he just wrote them at home and he, he sent them in and then gameshi would read them on air and everyone would be like oh so wise what a sage but it wasn't even him but you know like they don't tell you that right they just they present this aura of a show where you know the host is is you know this sort of person and he and these are things he believes in and da 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 and then you you listen to the show and and I think I think you know because most of the talk radio shows like here in Vancouver anyway like the the main talk radio station is very right of center in its approach you know it's it's very much it's you know it, it's most of its hosts its radio hosts like you know are former like conservative politicians are we talking CKNW yeah 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 okay so like Christy like, this is a station I'll, and it sounds like I'm, I'm ugh, saying this over and over again, but like I sometimes go on it, but I never listen to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, that does make sense. Yeah, our friend, former friend of the show, Mike Roberts, used to used to have a regular, you know, thing that he would do on, you know, about movies and stuff like that, and th- that's fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to condemn that station, but it's a station my mom listens to, mm-hmm. and I've always hated it because one thing I cannot stand phone-in shows, and almost all their shows are phone-in shows because that's it creates audience engagement i guess but it's just so horrible to have to listen to people uh you know spout nonsense <laughs> you know over and over again you're just like oh this is so terrible god take me now but but <laughs> I, did, so then, I, did two, I did two years of a phone-in show on cable okay so you know what i mean right <laughs> yeah I, I don't disagree but i i found it fun at the time but but even but i mean that show i mean has its own audience right like the thing about CKNW is its its audience is mostly people who will vote conservatively. You know, they mostly have like conservative values, and so you'll get a lot of very insensitive or or people who aren't very sympathetic to to social problems who call yeah, in the station. Not quite a message board, so, uh, but yeah, yeah. So if that's frustrating you to listen to someone, you know, who doesn't know anything, spout off a bunch of nonsense about how you know homeless people should you know be rounded up and put in a camp or whatever then you're just you're you know and your mom's nodding her head like mom that's what we should do and then you're just like well it's so frustrating <laughs> like that's not even a, that's not even an answer for this like you can't you can't treat a symptom you know so that's sort of you know i get all mad at my mom and then she would get all defensive you know and that's cknw to me right but i think cbc is sort of the same thing but only it's for people who are left of center Oh, okay. So you know, if you so if you aren't some, you know, if you're more on the liberal side of things or liberal, whatever that means, if you're more like kind of, you know, more of a, you know, uh, have a social an interest in social, uh, 
Social justice. Social justice, I guess, or you know, whatever. Like, so if that's what your that's your thing, then then CBC will lean more your way. They'll they'll cover more, you know, more First Nations issues. They'll <laughs> they'll cover more women's issues and things of like that. And they'll look at it from, um, you know, a more sympathetic. If you are a left leaning person, it's be more sympathetic for you to listen to that. Yeah, station. I guess I, again, this is all, uh, you know. I, I don't disagree with you. Mm. I just, uh, I just, I've, I've kind of worked around it my whole life, and I've never really kind of seen that. But whenever I check out again, whenever people say defund the CBC, yeah. I always think like, yes, if it gets rid of the message boards, <laughs> because I read the mess, I read the message boards, and people are, oh my god, they hate the CBC so much. Yeah, yeah. What's going on about this incredibly liberal uh, this, that, and the other? And every time I'm listening to CBC, they're just talking about like. It's a book review or some classical music or it's something. Yeah, so I'm I mean, that's part really of it too. Different CBC than, sure, uh, than sure. they are. I think, yeah, you if you have to kind of listen in the morning. Okay. At well, lunch. Then I'm out. At yeah. Li- yeah. At lunch or, or during the drive time. Those are the, those are kind of their magazine shows. Yeah. You know, and so that's where you would hear more of, of uh, phone in stuff, more phone in the, the lunchtime show is more of a phone in show, but the, the other ones are like, they're more like current affairs or, They'll have like a doctor on every every week or whatever, and he'll talk about some, you know, heart issue, you know, looking after your your you know your heart or whatever, or just various things like that. Like, and that's not left wing or right wing. No, no, no. But but they it's, don't just talk about the left ventricle. Of the sure, heart. sure. They talk about the right ventricle as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's this, and that's fine. Yeah, that's right. They talk about both sides of the heart. But uh, but then the, <laughs> the, but then they'll you know, and they try to be balanced, obviously, but. Like, you know, if, if someone who is conservatively, or who had like kind of a conservative bent or, you know, thought of themselves in that, in that way, you know, they would like, they would just be losing their, their mind having to listen to stuff on the CBC, right? Okay, fine. I mean, I to, to you or I, it's not that, it's not that startling, right? It's so, it's so weird because it basically is like, it's like someone coming up to me and just going, hey, you know, your sister, uh, she's a raving left wing loon. And I'm like, wow, I've heard her all my life. And I, I don't, is that right? I'm, I'm totally missing out on this, but I think your whole thing about you have to get up in the morning to hear it. I think that's where I've not ever heard it. I've just heard the the nighttime shows, and the nighttime shows are music and drama and comedy and all this other stuff. And I'm, you know, no one going, oh, you know, all the problems. There are some, I guess, uh, oh, the problem shows, but uh, but for the most part, yeah, I guess I've been uh, I've been missing. You've been missing out. You gotta you gotta listen in the morning when you're you're, you're stuck and you can't you've you're too too lazy or you're just too busy to turn on your your CD player and or your, your get your phone uh, Bluetooth going and then you're. Is this like uh, I'm driving to work and I want to get mad to wake myself up so I turn it on and I hear <laughs> who the problem is when I'm in a bad mood already? No, it's it's and a pretty throws it on the fire. It's a pretty avuncular show. It's not really. It's not. No one's yelling or anything. That's more. Once again, that's more like your CKW kind of thing where the. Well, I want to know why these people are going around the rah, rah, rah. That kind of that's sort of the voice of the CKW. Whereas the voice of CBC is more kind of like, "Hello and welcome to such and such." And today we're going to talk about. So you get more, uh, it's a little bit different in tone and, and things like that. But it was funny, uh, uh, a lady in my choir at church, she, she posted a, she posted a story on Facebook and. Uh oh. Yeah, this is what I, this is what I <laughs> thought. So the story. That very seldom goes well. Okay, go ahead. So the story is about this, her friend, you know, this friend of mine. Uh oh. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, couched in this way or. Yeah. My, this friend of mine. Mm-hmm. daughter wanted to earn some money and so i suggested to her that she 
you know, mow the lawn and do some yard work. And then she would get an allowance. So she did that for a few weeks and she earned $30. And so she wanted to go to the store and spend it. And so we went to the store and there was this homeless person outside the store. Uh-huh. And I said to my daughter, you ready for this? Okay, I well, said, first of all, I want to yeah. say, whoever is paying her to mow that lawn is cheap. If that was like a bunch of weeks, and she ended up with 30 bills after all that time. Uh, who knows? The bigger problem is yeah. this, this cheap uh, SOB yeah. that's paying uh, her to do these uh, tasks. Because Sorry. Even if you mow the lawn twice. You know what? You can't see the story. There is an asterisk at the bottom that says this story has not been adjusted for inflation. Okay, sounds good. So, okay. okay, so now we're seeing the uh, homeless person. At so the homeless person at the door of this store. And so the mother says to her daughter, um, well, I have a good idea. Why don't you take the $30 you, you made and give it to this homeless person so they can get some food? And then the daughter says to her mom, well, I have a better idea. Why don't you hire this person to come and mow the lawn and then he can earn the $30? And then she writes at the bottom of this, and that's how you know you're a conservative. Because <laughs> you're inviting strangers over to your house. And, uh, with your young daughter. Well, no, the, the implication is, the implication is, of course, that you shouldn't, we, we don't want to give our money away to homeless people. They should have to earn the money. Oh, rather than us I thought give it was to the them. other side of things. Like, no, no, no. Proud no. of her daughter uh, for coming up with this uh, solution. No, no, the, the mother wanted, oh, so I, oh yeah, seriously, no, the daughter didn't want to just give the money away. She wanted the, the person to earn it. You don't just give homeless people money. They have to earn the money. Okay. That's well, how you know you're a conservative. All right. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Wait. So uh, whose side are we on in this? Are we on, on the side of the daughter who wants the homeless person to do? Yeah. Or are we on, yeah. That's who we're on the side of? Yeah. Okay, we're on the side of the daughter. Uh, not on the side of cheapskate uh, McGillicuddy, the mother. It's been giving her, like, no- nothing. Also, <laughs> she's got 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, like, I understand you want to give someone a, a sandwich and a cup of joe. Yeah. But, they're like, well, where, where are they going? The keg? <laughs> like, 30 bucks. <laughs> You know, well, you know, here you go. This is the problem with stories like this, right? Is they're they're rhetorical and they are couched in a way. Once again, couched. I like to use this word today. Uh, They are, you know, stated in such a way that you know it it emotionally manipulates the reader into into a reaction, right? And clearly, by the way, this homeless person has a bindle sack and is full on Emmett Kelly, right? Like, there's no way they're not. There's no way this homeless person, because you've said now homeless person, yeah, right? Yeah. So, okay, that's what you've said. I didn't say so hobo. this could be, I this just... person could be, could be a mom. This could be a, a, a mom with, with their child there. Yeah. Like, you're thinking, oh, you know, this yeah. mom is going to spend it all on uh, malt liquor and uh, <laughs> apple mash. You know, that's what you're thinking. Uh, but, but no. Yeah, that makes, yeah. Well, buy him a fucking sandwich for five bucks. That's no, he should have to earn it. Why, why? Yeah, 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 yeah. And what happens if the homeless, like the homeless person hasn't, uh, like, here's the thing, too. Yeah. You want to then go like, hey, you, you should earn this. And then the homeless person goes, hey, funny story. I was in the army for uh, this amount of years uh, defending, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, well, country. That's it, exactly stuff. right. So, you know, uh, you know, someone, I guess, you know, who would make the argument, I have earned it, uh, <laughs> and yet, you know, uh, uh-huh. what would being as they are. Oh, by the way, did you notice that there's like a pandemic? Um, you know, a lot of people laid off and I know it's such a weird. It's such a also weird. Also, funny story. Uh, mental illness also is a large part of the, the hospitals released a lot of people a long time, and now we got to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. Anyway, long story short, stab, stab, stab. Hey, looky, I got thirty bucks. <laughs> and everyone goes good for them. But that's how you know you're a conservative, apparently. So did you did you bring this up to her, or are you just kind of going? No, oh. because we don't see each other. We're, we're 
Don Quire. I just I just wrote and said I just wrote and said no. That's how you know you're mean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got a better punchline than me. My, um, I, I was my mentioning my sister uh, earlier, but let's, let's pretend I have a, a fake sister. This yeah. isn't a true story. Oh, okay, but she would put up stories like that all the time. Sure, sure. And yeah. they'd be stories that were based in, like, it would say, like, this really happened. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, it didn't. In no way in hell this ever. No, of course it did not. Yeah. And, and you know, the whole point of the story can be flipped quite easily to, knock it off. Quit it. What are you thinking? Stop it. Just be nice. Holy cow. What? Ugh. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's just it's strange when someone, well, especially someone who goes to a church like ours, which is, like, such so like centered around social justice issues. Yeah, I was going to go like, like half of your church is hobos, like old time. <laughs> they are real hobos. Yeah. I mean, it's something we're, we're t- we were actually talking about it at work today. Like we were talking about something like that. And I just said, you know, it's just like, we are in such precarious times for people, you know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't take very much for someone to like slide into homelessness now, you know, because there's nowhere to live. It's a super expensive you know, you can live in your car for a while, but then your car is going to break down and you can't afford to fix it. So that's out of the picture. You know, you just kind of go down. Like, it's so hard to go up, you know, in, in, in society if there's no one there to help you, you know. And, yeah, it just feels like that. then to say, oh, well, just go mow people's lawns. Well, I guess, but, like, you just can't mow lawns. Like, you also need to, like, live somewhere, eat food, have, you know, like, just you need you need these sort of things like in order to go out and, and mow lawns. You just can't you just can't be a homeless. But you're still homeless, even if you have thirty dollars. You're still homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to go away, and then you've got nothing still. So that's no cure. No, it just it just feels it feels it's just so re- reductive and and just feel felt odd and and I don't know. I guess not being at church, she's kind of she's maybe sinking back into her old ways. I don't know because she she came from a different, much different. Um, uh, tradition than than our church than our church it would be from so so maybe that you know it's kind of hard to it's hard to to um hard to escape it sometimes you might find yourself being pulled back into it yeah most most of the ones that I'm reading are about how uh, kids today are ungrateful you know you don't know how good you have it kids today are ungrateful yeah they're so they're so incredibly who are they supposed to be who are they supposed to be grateful to you though it's the mil- yeah it's the it's the old soldier just going. When I was your age, uh, I did this and this and this, yeah. and this. And you, you're looking at your, you know, screens and you're doing this and you don't know this. And then the child realized he was right and they were ashamed. They were sore ashamed. Yeah. And, and, and such on. And, and you kind of go like, you know, kids today are pretty good. You know, they're <laughs> a lot less prejudiced than they used to be. They got yeah. a lot of empathy. Yeah. Um, you don't like them looking at their screens, huh? Well, the, People make fun of you when you read a book. You know, they probably did. You know, like, hey, bookworm, look yeah. at this guy. Always got his head in a book. Ah, bookie. You know, it's just whatever. You know, it's like, just throw some empathy out. And, and, and you know, I appreciate you fighting in the war. I do. Thank you. And I'll, I know probably some of you didn't want to be in the war. And you had to be in the war. And you had no choice but to be in the war. And you were in it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But I'm glad that kids today, I mean, some do. But, like, I'm glad there's an option not to go and fight in the war. I want them to be all right. Uh, but it's hard. It is hard being around now. And especially, like, you know, if you're putting anything about, like, kids today being lazy and this, that, and the other, like, right now, it's just like, they're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. 
you know? They right. like can't go see their they couldn't for the longest time go see their friends. Yeah. You know, and this is kid time. Like this is the think of how long things last when you're a kid in terms of time. Think about how long summer vacation was when you were a kid. That's you know, it's been seven months of this shit. And then, you know, you go back to school and it's all weird and some people are saying you could die and some people are saying, Oh, jeez. And you can't go see your grandparents and uh, yeah, it's rough. Mm. Just being just be nice to each other for crying out loud. Yeah, people are actually quite surprised at how poorly kids are taking this the way school is right now. Like they're really not enjoying it. Yeah. Like they miss they miss it. They miss school, which is a weird thing. But Yeah. They, miss, they don't they miss, like change. They, they well, don't they, like but change. they miss playing with their friends, you know, that was a way to get together, you know, and and uh have some unstructured fun at lunchtime and recess and stuff like that and and it's all it's all been taken away right now. So Yeah, you always got to in the back of your mind have, you know, the thought of just like, oh, you know, there's this there's this thing that's hovering around you. It's this like floating anxiety that's real. It's like you would have it sometimes anyway, but like now it's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like that no, that's a good uh, you know, it's like it's like with me. I've got like this agoraphobia that I that I fight and uh, and now it's like, no, that's you're absolutely correct. There is death out there. <laughs> that's that you were right. To feel that way and yeah they got that going on too it's like oh boy like just this uh this week i've had uh we did two podcasts i've had uh i did the critical hit show uh, online yeah on video on a zoom thing yeah i've had multiple zoom meetings and uh this morning um you know I'll just this is kind of a kind of a semi big thing okay uh but uh this morning uh, I pitched a, a TV show to Netflix. Oh wow! And I pitched it to to them at like seven in the morning because the person I was pitching to was in Amsterdam. And uh, and yeah, I was like, it was very nerve wracking. Huh. And uh, like apparently they had like ten thousand submissions. It came down to fifty. Uh, my show was one of the fifty. Wow! And so we yeah we're pitching it this morning, and it's probably a pass, but. Uh, it was still like still wow, that's pretty exciting to be. It, it was it was ex- it was exciting, but it was like it's been a week of and because because of that we've been prepping for it. Yeah, again using Zoom meetings, <laughs> and my I have such anxiety about video uh, like uh, phone things. Yeah, you know that's why you don't but, like the Jetsons. I don't like the Jetsons because of that. That's right. Even like even just regular phone calls like this gives me anxiety. Hmm. And and you know you're you're you know. Uh, one of the people I'm closest to in the world, but it's still it's still anxiety being on the on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 it used to be for me whenever someone was doing a video call, I would have to leave the room. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. But I've got no I've got no choice that I've got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. just my anxiety from like having to be in rooms with microphones and headsets, and it's just it's just this thing that. And at the end of the day, I'm like shaking, and I'll talk to Pia, and she'll go, Yeah. You did all this stuff that gives you incredible anxiety today. Mm. Oh, and yeah, there's also still the global pandemic. <laughs> there's, yeah. still, there's still that floating around. It's like, yeah, oh, by the way, there's also this big election that's coming up that's, you know, going to, like, change the world one way or the other. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Hmm. All right. Well, so this anxiety is right. Yeah, but it's still anxiety and it's still not healthy. And, you know, we've got to do something about it. So, yeah. Oh. Ah! <laughs> right, right now. The... um. Well, let me say, well, congratulations, by the way. That's really Oh, great. thank you very much. I do. I, That's I, I, really I appreciate uh, that. amazing. But also amazing that, you know, like uh, t- two years ago or more, I guess you went to um, Pitch Sparks, but you were kind of limited. You pitched it here, right? You pitched it to an animation studio here. 
That's right. Yeah, local animation and, studio. And now you're pitching because you know, it's, and partly because of the pandemic, it's kind of changed how we work. But it sort of opened up opportunities in a weird way. Like here, you are pitching to Amsterdam of all places. You know, it's Just pretty incredible. The people, the people from America, yeah. are in Amsterdam for various reasons. Mm. So that's why. Yeah, but you know I what I mean. Like it's to just Amsterdam. Okay, to, to, an, to an Amsterdam production company. This is the this is the second part of Aries. Yeah. How do you see that show? It's very good. Anyway, <laughs> I have not. Very good show. Very very good show. Okay. I really liked it. I really liked. It. There's a, a kind of um. So their pitch went well. A little yeah, that's right. Their pitch went well, and, and they had a really good show, and and a little bit. A little bit like Lovecraft Country, now that I think about it, but not not in tone or anything of like that, but just in its its themes. And I don't want to go into it more than that. You should you should check it out if you're interested. Okay, it's, it's called Aries. It's, it's called Aries. Like it's a, it's yeah A R E S, and it's um it's a Dutch show, so it'll they'll be speaking Dutch, so you have to read subtitles. So that's an issue, but it's okay. it's a it's still a very good show. It's about uh, seven episodes long, and it's it's a complete like it, there's no need to carry on once it's done. And just so you know. Because I love mindfuckery. There's a little bit of mindfuckery in it, but that that's okay. Okay. But I, I, I thought it was very good. All right. Well, that's cool. All right. I like to hear that. So um, it's, uh, I was going to say something else, and now I can't remember what it was. Because I'm... You were talking about just, how two years ago I was pitching Sparks to a local... Uh, well, yeah, that's... But that... Well, this I just, it's just sort of fascinating that in a way, like... Be, more than two years ago, but yes, go ahead. Because the pandemic, in a way, is so closed in our worlds... But in another way, it sort of opened them up in a, in a way that we, because we're communicating in a different way now, like more more freely than we would have in the past. Like in the past, people might have been less willing to to attend a Zoom meeting with people pitching shows, and we would would have wanted face to face meetings, and would have expected people to fly somewhere or only take into or meetings with people who happen to live in that city. You know, so if it was a New York based production company, they may have only been interested in New York based. Uh, pitches because they wanted to meet face to face with 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 the, with the people making the pitches or LA you know like so they would only want people who are in LA or are willing to be in LA to to do to do the meetings but now because of the situation it's really opened up things a lot more than they would have I think in the past in, in the past anyway would you agree mm-hmm. or disagree uh I I think yeah things have been opening up anyway like there is the pan the pandemic does add to it and mm-hmm. you, you know you have to be a little a little more uh, yeah, it has, it has changed. It was, it was weird the other day when I was having to do a prep meeting for the Netflix thing. Yeah. My wife was, uh, doing a Kennedy library talk. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, uh, it was kind of a, a pretty big deal. Is, uh, is, sorry, like, is that archived on YouTube? Yes, it is. It's the art of, uh, the art of political cartooning. Okay. Uh, on, on YouTube. Uh, uh, I'll link to that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was, uh, it was Pia. It was Barry Blitz, who's or Barry Blitz, who has done a lot of New Yorker covers, and has. It's like the other two people had won the Pulitzer. Both had won the Pulitzer, and 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 her and uh, and Anne uh, Tel Telnays, I think. And uh, you would recognize Barry's uh, stuff for sure. He famously did that New Yorker cover with uh, uh, Obama, uh, uh, Barack Obama, and Michelle Obama, and him looking like a terrorist, and her looking like a Black Panther, and them doing the fist bump. Uh, he also did a... Uh, I don't know that one at all, but okay. Oh, really? Oh, it's yeah. a pretty famous one. Yeah. Uh, There's also one recently that was, uh, you know, all the toadies uh, of Trump, like uh, Shining His Shoes, oh. uh, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, all Shining His Shoes. He's got a very distinct 
uh, style. So does so does Anne. But huh. she was feeling very nervous about being in this uh, in this company. But, yeah, <laughs> it was this it was this really big deal, and, yeah, and yeah. she was doing it from uh, you know our office. Yeah, yeah. And then after she went and did the office stuff. I had to I had to go in my do my office stuff yeah. and then yeah again we're rearranging the office with like little subtle things in the background that you know would maybe someone will refer to and it's like yeah we're just doing all this stuff from the from the home it's so weird mm-hmm. you know it's so weird but yeah this is all going out into the world and then last night doing the critical hit show yeah. stuff yeah you know and doing a live show from again from from one of our uh, spaces here and there there's an example of something that's now, you, what you were doing a show that was very popular. It was at the Rio Theater. But now people from all over the world can see it if they want. Like, you can have people, maybe fans of the show who, for whatever reason, had to leave Vancouver and go to another city, maybe for work or whatever. Now they can catch up on a show that they loved that they weren't able to see for a long time. Yeah, there's it's definitely just, pluses. Yeah, yeah for sure. really interesting. And I mean, you can't beat, yeah, counting, obviously, you can't beat live, but it's still interesting. Yeah, and again, not counting two podcasts that we're doing this 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 week and then and then of course you're doing yet another one um <laughs> you know the uh, listening party yeah yeah it's this it's it's so it's very very strange like it, if i was doing the live shows as well and doing more outside stuff it would balance it out and i'd probably be more okay with it but because it's all everything is now in the house everything and it's in the house but communicating with yeah. the world well, no, it's, like a, it's a direct it is, line to the world. It is amazing because for about eleven years we have we had an audience about five people, and with the pandemic, it's like thirteen people listen to the show now. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think of that—we've doubled, almost tripled our numbers. But with longer hair, they've all got that. <laughs> I've had two haircuts since the since the pandemic came. Well, since the pandemic, we have had more. I think uh, more active communication uh with uh, with listeners like through our message boards and whatnot i felt it's gotten more intimate because i think we're all more locked into our own spaces even though you know people are still working and doing the things they are but it's felt more back and forth maybe i'm maybe i'm projecting on that i'm just finding it very hard right now to uh during the day get out and do anything Mm. like it's it is that anxiety now you just look and go like what the what are the numbers and yeah. it's like, oh, that's not great. And it's like, oh, maybe I don't want to take the bus. Yeah. Okay. So where can I walk to and then come back from? And I won't be too exa- Okay. Well, I can't carry anything too heavy back then. Uh, for <laughs> I'll do some work for, from home. Like, I'll just l- lucky for me, I, I'm I'm forced to leave. Like, you know. Yeah. You also drive. Gee, which, do which, I want to eat? Yeah. That's a big difference for sure. Yeah. Your options, yeah for sure. For sure it does. For sure. Yeah. 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 It does make a big difference, yeah, yeah. And how are you finding the uh, like? Has has your work environment? Does it feel uh, substantially different than before the pandemic? No, I think I think we've let loose some of the restrictions. We still do have restrictions, like people can't just show up to look at door doors. They have to they have to make an appointment to come in, and we have like you know we have the um, antibacterial um whatever it's called you know what i mean the hand wash stuff and then and we have masks if they don't if they're not their own masks to wear and those people you know people come because we have a showroom at work so a lot of people will come there to look at the various doors to make up their mind what they want and most of the dealers are really good about letting us know when people are coming and so we we have an idea you know but some other dealers are a bit more laissez-faire shall we say (laughs) but you know in terms of i mean you know we do deal with customers every day but we deal with them outside we don't have to be close to them. A lot of them wear masks. Um, so, 
you know, I don't, it, it doesn't feel that, it doesn't feel that, that, you know, like if I, if I had a job where I was like a hairdresser or something like that, I would feel more, more, um, you know, more, 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 uh, in, in more danger or in more, more likely to, to end up, but where we are, it doesn't, you know, it's just us. So as long as we're, we're all kind of keeping, keeping tabs on our, our own health, you know, and or the yeah. people around us, like, like I've, I think I mentioned last show that we have, we had two guys, um, so far, we've had two people not come to work for a couple of days because they were getting tested. Both of them tested negative, but oh, good, good. Okay, they still had to, they still had to miss work because because they were getting tested. The problem for someone like me is that uh, as soon as as soon as the weather goes from summer to fall, like as soon as we start getting like cold temperatures at night and stuff like that, my nose immediately starts to run, mm. and it'll probably run until until next uh, March, if not April. And that's just, that's me. So, that, you know, I'm not, I'm like, so I have a runny nose, you know, not now because I'm in a warm place. But if I'm going, w- walking from cold to warm, like walking from outside back into the warehouse and stuff, my nose will run. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, I just have to, I think you have to kind of be aware of your own, how your own body is, you know, like. Yeah, I've got so I'm not freaking blood, out. So I get a sore throat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from that. That's I right. Go, it's a wandering sore throat. If it's wandering around my throat, then I know. Yeah, that's acid. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I you know, I just have to be aware. Like you know, that's just that's me. Like I, I just my nose runs when this time of the year comes. That's just how it goes. So, so I'm you know, I'm not gonna freak out about it and go get tested. Now, if I had a sore throat, you know, and couldn't smell things and all the rest, you know, the things that seem like more. Yeah, you started to not be able to taste things. Yeah, those, those sort of indicators seem to be more more to the point than uh, than sort of co- common cold symptoms. You know, it's so hard. It's so hard to parse it out, though. Really. Yeah, the uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Oxford's come up with a five minute uh, test, but it's not coming out until you know late spring, early summer. Uh-huh. Uh But they got the five minute test, so that is that is a nice thing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't tell you that. The swab has to touch your liver. Mm. Yeah, I don't even know if my yeah does the liver feel pain. Does. <laughs> it has to get there. That's a problem. Wait a second. How is it getting there? <laughs> exactly. Getting there? Yeah, well, let's not go too is too much into it. Is this up the nose or? Well, no, 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 no it's not. <laughs> yeah. Five, it's five minutes of sheer torture. Yeah, eh, that's fine. <laughs> And then at least I can go to a movie, I guess. That's fine. As long as it ha- as long as it happens before the Black Widow movie. There we go. That'll be fine. Then they well, can touch my they'll liver just, They'll fine. just put it off again, I suppose. Yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. It's so disappointing, you know, all these movies that are showing up in the theater, you're like, You've had these movies for two or more years sitting in your sitting waiting to do something with them and now you're releasing them because you have nothing on the go. That's the only reason we're seeing a war with grandpa or whatever. <laughs> I know that for a fact that movie was like sitting for two years. Well, that would be very strange because I'm pretty sure he had another movie that had Grandpa in the title back then, right? Didn't he have like Dirty Grandpa or Angry Grandpa or Constipated Grandpa or something back then? He's definitely done another Grandpa movie. I th- I think you're right because there was like one that was like competing against the the Johnny Knoxville disguised Grandpa one, right? Right. There they was had, that yeah. one, and then it there was, was the Grandpa Wars. It was like the two volcano <laughs> movies. <laughs> That's right. Who knew that they heard it? Quick. Studio B is making a movie about an old person. Let's look through our scripts and find a movie about old people. That's yeah, probably that, why yeah. they made that movie, but it was so bad. They're just like, nah, we can't release it. Like, come on, other studios are releasing old yeah, people it movies. Was dirty, no. dirty Grandpa came out in 2016. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, so this movie was this movie was made in 2017. So let's let's give him some credit. He waited a year before he he stepped back into that role. Oh, just looking here, he was in a movie called The Comedian. How did I miss that? Where he played an aging insult comic named Jack Burke. Huh? Huh? Yeah, right. Like, how did we not know that? And uh, you know, it's tragic. Like, oh, okay. Leslie Mann's in it. Danny DeVito's in it. Floris hmm. Leachman, Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin's still doing movies. Okay. Huh? Oh, this might uh, this might end up on fan splainers at some point. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah, for, uh, I didn't think uh, uh, I didn't think Charles Grodin was still doing movies, but uh, there we are, and there we are. Oh yeah, he was a regular on the Louis TV show. I forgot about that. Gr- Grodin, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the doctor that lived in the building. Mm. Yeah. Okay. He's so he's sense. so good. You're making me want to watch uh, um, that movie with Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro, Midnight Run. That's, Midnight Run. That's such a good movie. It is a good movie. I, I wonder how would I wonder how would it hold up. I'll have to. Uh, it's been a while since I saw that film. Since I, it was in the theater, to be honest. <laughs> oh, is that right? I've seen, yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. Since okay. I, okay. I didn't quite like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very well, well, well paced, well made movie. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm what you call a Grodin head. Um, <laughs> now, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if Robert De Niro's done any like real scenery chewing movies, but of course he did The Irishman, so that's enough. He's fine. Is that a scenery chewing movie? I would think so. I think it's a real acting showcase for all of them. It's all of them doing the thing that oh, you go okay. like. Hey, I thought, yeah, I thought you meant like. I thought you meant like a real overacting sort of movie. Well, I, maybe I do. Because he's not maybe really. I, I don't think of him as really like much of an overactor. He seems of someone who really kind of underplays a lot of his roles. Okay. You disagree? Yeah, I guess. He, I guess you got like Pacino there. You're gonna. Oh well, Pacino, Pacino. He'll he'll chew the scenery. He'll chew your scenery too for you. So. So you gotta take you gotta take it down yourself. You gotta go down, and you got Joe Pesci on the other side of you too. So. Although I thought I Joe guess... Joe Pesci was pretty low key in the movie too, though. I never, I have not seen it yet. You've not seen again, The Irishman? No, it's weird. In uh, again, we're talking about the pandemic and how much time we have. <laughs> I, I have never gone like I've got three and a half hours. All right, let's go see that. Well, you know what? I said to myself, I like a, I like Martin Scorsese. Okay. B, I like Martin Scorsese movies. Okay. C, D, and C and D, I like Joe Pesci and, and Robert De Niro. Um, okay. Al Pacino, I'm a little, you know, I'm a, uh, ever since he started going hoo ha, it just feels like he. He just kind of like, he sort of filled in his his acting roles with that. Although Heat came after that, didn't it? But even they roll, even in Heat, he's a little over the top. I find. I was not a Heat head. Myself. You didn't like? I really liked Heat, but I think I think I really liked Heat because of that great shootout in it. <laughs> it's just a, it's such a great scene, and it's such a you know it's action as as story. You know, like you know what I mean? Like it uses the action in that in that it uses the action in that scene to like develop the characters because you know you've got like. Robert De Niro's character who's like so careful and then there's a part where he has to kill someone and he does and once he does that you know he, you know and he knows he's crossed the line and there's no coming back from that and it's just a great great development it's a, it's a great film cool uh, did you uh, I, was just, I was just looking at like uh, Scorsese's resume mm. lately as in what he's up to uh, he's producing a lot of stuff like a lot of executive producing which might not mean anything sure Captain Marvel 2 what? <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but like in 2017, yeah, he exactly produced six movies. Booksmart, The Joker. Did he do, no, I don't he, know. Uh, he did do Joker though. No, he didn't. He was going to, and he didn't. He didn't produce it. No, he didn't get a production credit. Him. He was he was up he was out he was uh, uh, going to be part of it possibly, and then like eh, nah, and I he guess stepped he stepped away from. Well, it. at least he kept true to his uh, feelings of these films. I guess. 
but like uh, you know, Uncut Gems, he was an executive producer oh, okay. on. Okay. And uh, he was an executive producer on uh, The Snowman. Blah. That thing. Blah. I know. It's a horrible movie. Yeah. Well, except there you that, go. except that it had um, that popcorn song in it. Is that what people would hear right before they die? For some reason, the murderer liked that song, and he would he left it playing in one scene on the on the oh, record player. Would he um now again I didn't see the snowman, so I'm just gonna ask you one Don't question. Don't bother snowman. seeing the snowman. So would he like leave a snowman after he killed people? Oh yes he would. Okay. So why don't you just go to Hawaii? <laughs> like why don't you just go to he could anywhere? S- he could still draw a snowman in the sand. Oh what, that no boo Because there's one where it's just, in he, the just sand. Dra- he just draws he just draws a snowman in, on the t- roof of a car. And the person looks out and they see a car with a snowman on top of it, and they're like, "Uh oh." Oh no! It's 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 much better if he like only kills during the winter and only oh, when there's a snow. Yes, yes. You because could've... then he's also yeah. taking a risk because you can sure. follow his footprints. But here's the yeah, you could move, you could move to Hawaii. Yeah, but he's still killing people. I'm trying to think of. The so are you are you like... saying that the 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 hero of the movie, mm-hmm. whatever his name was, he has a he has a funny name if you're if you're English. What is his name again? Uh, Jack Fanny. <laughs> not British. I said, if you're an English speaker, his name's funny. It's not funny if you're Swedish, but it's funny if you're because the Joe Nespo who oh, writes uh, the books Phil, is Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken. That's right. That's exactly what his name is. That's like Freddie Fart or something like that. It was, but it's not. But it's like something like that, right? So it's just like uh, a, Ivan Amanda Hug and Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> That's a woman's name. Uh, no, Ivan. Oh, Ivan. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I don't know. All right. Ivan. So the, okay, sorry. It's a detective who's after the snowman. The snowman is a serial killer. Yeah. Serial killer uh, taunts him, uh, leaves snowmen at the scenes of his. Uh, he doesn't even taunt him. It's like the snowman. Well, what about the snowman? Why is he? He's taunting he's him with just, the snowman. He's not taunting. He's just leaving a snowman. It's for himself. It's, it's, it's all for himself. It's, just by, it's for himself, man. I'm just thinking like. He's got to express his inner. He's got to express his inner him. Yeah, I've never done. Okay, listen, I've never done a murder, and uh, you know, knock on wood, never have to. But if I did, I would feel like it would be so exhausting. The last thing I would want to do afterwards yeah. would be make a snowman. Now, listen, I will I will make a snow angel. Yeah. Yes. Snow angel, I lie on the ground. Sure. I make an angel. And sure. Like, angel, right, because you killed someone. They're off to heaven. This all works. Snowman, I'm rolling balls. But what if... I'm stacking things. i got to get a carrot from somewhere. i got to find some coal. It's i got to get a hat. It's a lot of work. A, it's a lot of work. Just so you know... It's a clue, but all, all the snowmen's smiles are made with coffee beans that relates to the an incident at the beginning of the film. See, the thing is, the, the snowman for this murderer is a cathartic thing. It's part of a childhood experience that he is working his way through in a very unfortunate way. Like, I would recommend therapy, but, you know, s- snowman therapy, I guess, is also therapy. And he, so he is, you know, murdering women, yeah. and then he is building a snowman after all right, but he never build a snow woman and like murder a guy. Well, no, because his the reason he's mad at women. I don't even know why he's mad at women because his his mom left him. I don't know, but his mom didn't. Really, well, his mom did leave him, but she. It's it's so complicated. I don't even want to. I don't want to think about that movie. That's a movie that feels like about an hour of the movie was never made. You know what mm. I mean? Like they they just stopped at some point and just said good enough. They're like, well, what about the ending? They're like, well, we can just use that as the ending. That that's fine. That's good. It's all good. We're done. Put, has, it, uh, put has it in there theaters. Has there ever been a movie about a killer 
in uh now i'm not i'm almost answering my own question here but i'm saying a movie yeah not a tv show okay has there ever been a movie about a killer yeah. in uh hawaii or is everyone just too laid back in hawaii and it's fine and they don't feel like doing a murder a killer in hawaii like i'm sure in hawaii 50 uh jack lord uh you know has had to go after yeah uh, he's had killer, yeah sure. he's had murders or whatever yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of shenanigans going on in hawaii 50 yeah, fair yeah. Enough. yeah but like a movie movie where like you know uh people are having a nice time they're hawaii and uh someone's killing people in hawaii yeah and there's a lion cop who's got to uh you know ah he's got to yeah, take care of this and find out who's killing all the people i you know what i don't know okay I, i'm sorry trouble in paradise no that's a british mystery show oh, yeah, yeah i'm just and i'm just thinking like if you're if that's you if you want to avoid too, yeah. trouble in movies yeah uh go to hawaii like you may get eaten by a shark oh you know there's that movie with steve zahn and some other people and there's murder in that movie okay so there you go there's your answer for you I, there's no I po- there's no police in it but it's like a couple that are that find themselves at, at as victims of another couple who like kill people and then take their identity ah okay so they they have killed a couple and have become them, and then they're they're after a another couple. Swap. It's a little. It's a. It's a. It's a, It's not a bad movie actually. I can't remember what it's called now. It might have been called Flip Flop. It could have been Flip Flop would have been a good name because people were wearing flip flops in the movie. Yeah, I think I said uh, Swip Swap, but you're right. Flip Flop is better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you, it's probably called like Switchback or something like that. But you know, you know what would have made a good movie in the '70s, but I don't think it was ever a movie. Okay, is uh, either you can go one or two ways. Sure. One, you can go Haunted House. Or two, you can go uh, crazy killer and you don't know who the killer is. Yeah. But have it take place in the suburbs at a key party. <laughs> right? Because you're immediately getting yeah. the sex. Yeah. You can, you know, I mean, you can have like some of the people are like, you know, kind of drag there, not super into it. Mm, I don't know. Some people way too into it. Uh, you know, some have a bit of a history and, you know, some say I'm jealous, but I'm not. So we got all that dynamics. It's like it's already awkward. And yeah. You've also got a reason for uh, gratuitous nudity. Boom. And also, it all takes place in one house. So there, that's your budget. There, then that, that's money, uh, money saved. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, but one of them is a murderer. And uh, you got <laughs> so the murder has to be solved at this uh, key party. Maybe this the secret is in the keys somehow. You got to solve solve it that way. Yeah. So you have a sexy, uh, sexy. Uh, murder uh, thing is very reasonably priced. So, is this a an adult movie that you're pitching me? It's not. Are you saying is it a pornographic film or is it? A, yeah, uh, like are you gonna like have in between the no, mystery I'm not gonna, solving? Like, stop it and so have like a big sex scene or anything. Oh, okay. No, so you, you just don't want, want to mix your sex and your violence. You like just that, want like the kind of the the over the overhanging mung of sex. Well, it's nineteen. It's like I say, it's a nineteen seventies movie. Yeah. So yeah. a nineteen seventies horror movie, you're going to get some gratuitous nudity anyway. This justifies it. Yeah. You know, because you know it's people that are going to be having sex. So you know, there's a reason that clothing will be removed, and then huh. uh, you know, uh, stabby stabby, you know, uh, what have what have you? Someone gets killed in an electronic football game. It's because it's the seventies. It's not that it's 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 not that it's dearly dearly important to me. Or that I don't regard it, but I don't remember. Is there nudity in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and or Black Christmas? Black Christmas would be surprising since it's all women in the house, right? Yeah, yeah. 
That would be strange if there wasn't any. I don't think a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't think so. I'm just kind of. It's not that I'm questioning because I'm thinking of like the the Last House on the Left and and uh, movies like that. And it seems to me that even I guess there's a rape scene in that movie, right? But I don't remember being that like that graphic in the sense of like nudity and stuff. But I, you know, like I, it's you know, it's disturbing. So you kind of erase it from your mind. That's not the part of the movie you remember, but. Uh, Right. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the the ni- uh, 2019 uh, remake does not have any nudity in it. I can tell you that much. Last House uh, on the Left? Uh, Last House on the Left? I'm not sure. What's oh, sorry, what was the remake uh, you were looking looking up? Oh, Black Christmas. I was looking at the Black Christmas remake. That's, more, Black of a, Christmas. that's more of a girl power movie than, than the original was. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure how to find out about the Black Christmas, uh, the original Black Christmas, and and that. I just I just pulled up a sign that uh, just a go site to that was... just go to Mr. Skin. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do that in the middle of our podcast <laughs> and then have uh, video clips pop up uh, <laughs> while we're while we're talking. And by the way, is there a Mrs. Skin? Is there a Mrs. Skin? There is. Is there? No. Okay. Is there a Ms. Skin? No, I don't think so. Okay. You so know what? Is, would that be was... look, would that be a site for women so they could see naked men? I think you can see it, Mr. Skin. Well, no, you can't, right? I don't know. Here's what I here's what I do know. Yeah. That there was, I swear, there must be a dermatologist that wanted the Mr. Skin name and uh, was like, <laughs> oh, let's look it up. No. <laughs> and then you're like, Doctor Skin, you fool. I'm then, like, oh, you're right, Doctor Skin. Then he, then he said, well, maybe I'll use Sneaky Dragon. Damn it. Oh, that's gone. And then the someone went just like, see if Pimple Popper is there. What? Why would I do that? Just see if it's there. Okay, it is. All right, I'm buying it. And you go like, why did you buy this lady? You'll see. And then, you know, now she's a millionaire. So good for her. Good for her. Is there a, is, is this a true story? Yeah, it's a TV show called, uh, uh, I think it's called Dr. Pimple Popper. But yeah, she's a, she's a dermatologist and she's helped people, helps people with their, uh, their skin stuff. And it's pretty, it's pretty graphic, but... You know, it's a very popular show. Well, I hope she tells people they shouldn't pop their pimples because it leaves scars. Yes, she does. She does it. Oh, she does it. And they are, you know, uh, there's a lot of people right now out there listening to this going like, stop talking about this. And you're not wrong. That feels so like, that feels to, like I'm someone kind to... of, kind of, um, how would you say it? They, they're kind of like, they're kind of, um, damn, my vocabulary is falling apart today. They, right. she's, she's really, she's really kind of, uh, indulging her kink. I feel like, I feel like that's, you know what I'm going to say, I'm going to say from what I've seen and we'll get off this soon. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Her name is Dr. Sandra Lee. Um, I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, the, you can watch the show and you probably won't want to, but uh, for gross out reasons, I understand we'll get off this very, very soon, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, uh, as a positive uh, for her. Uh, it is it is good information about a lot of uh, uh, cancers and that kind of thing. You do in the middle of this weird little gross out show get some really good information about uh, about skin mm. and uh, uh, you know and if you if you I, I was going through a thing like uh, a little while back where you know we had a little medical uh, scare and it was actually kind of nice to watch the show and just see people that went in with a medical problem that they were very tense about. Yeah, and then go. Okay, let's explain this to you. Okay, well, let's take care of it. And at the end of it, go. And you're okay now. And it's like I am okay, and I feel better. Yeah. Well, there you go. And it was a gross scene in between, but <laughs> now you feel better, and you're you know on with your life. This is great. Okay, I feel good. 
And so there was a little bit of a relief seeing uh, like a, a, so almost an immediate thing where a doctor can cure a person like, boom, yes. And uh, there you go. So that was a bit of a relief. So, I don't know. I've, again, just, we'll I've, just known, this I've just known too many people who get a real thrill out of, out of that uh, particular act. I, yeah, and I do know. not. I do not like it at all. I, and, you know, and I had terrible skin. I still have pretty bad skin, but I had terrible skin as a, as a youth, uh, as a teenager. And I had to go to a dermatologist whose name was Dr. Satinoff. So I was, and so he lived up to Satan. He certainly did. Uh, he used to, he would use this, it wasn't even a device. It was like a medieval torture instrument. He would, it was like a, it was like a, um, just a metal canister. And he would put dry ice in it. So it was freezing cold. And then he oh, would, yeah, yeah. then he would rub it on our face. Mm-hmm. My brother, both my brother and I suffered from terrible skin. And we had to go there. And, you know, I was a dutiful older son. So I just like, you know, I just grinned and bear, bore it, you know. But my younger brother, he is just like, nope. After a couple of treatments, he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Forget it. And I'm almost like, okay. And I was like, oh, good. Okay, I don't have to do this anymore. Phew. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that I could say no. I just I just thought you just did what you were told. But, oh, that's fine. So, um, yeah, no, it was uh, really uh, real back backwards. I felt like, I, you know, like it was not not really good good for me unfortunately the the cure that i that that you know helped me so much is now very considered too dangerous for people to take so what was that that. it was a uh, it was a medicine called accutane and it uh really really dried your skin out like a lot but it got rid of the zits i i went through i think i think i had three different courses of it two as a teenager and one as a one as a young dad and uh, okay, and it's it's dangerous because of side effects. Yeah, it's really hard on your it's really hard on your organs. Oh, okay. And so you have to get. You need your organs for things. Yeah, you do. Okay. But you know, like when I was taking it, I, w- I would have regular blood tests to te- test how things were looking, and and of course, uh, if you're pregnant, it it's, forget about it completely verboten. But uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty harsh, but it really really does work, and. I think I mentioned the show before, but the other interesting thing about it was that it has uh, tumor. Uh, doesn't prevent them, but it it can help. It can slow their growth. Oh, so my one of my courses took place while I was when I had cancer when I didn't realize it, and so you know the Accutane may have been part of what saved my life. So you don't like. So there you go. Wow. Okay. So don't don't knock the rock is what I'm saying. All right, thumbs up for Accutane. Yeah, and uh, and it's and, and uh, it's organ killing potential, but also it got rid of zits. Yay! Yeah, and maybe uh, did some tumor shrinkage. Uh, I want to say this: good, good on uh, Bill Murray for helping people with bad skin think they had a chance. Because <laughs> there was a guy who just full on had bad skin. Yeah, like, yeah, no for sure. ways about it. Yeah. Can't cover it up. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and you know he was a lead in movies, and people were that's fine. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's fine then." There you are. Yeah, he's like oh, my—he's like my dad. They—they they both came from a time when the treatment was so medieval that it just did more damage than it than it helped you, and you ended up with just tons of scars all over your face, you know. And uh, yeah, it's a lot better. Like you know, when I was when I went through it, we we took a- antibiotics and stuff like that. That you know, not only did they treat the 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 um the acne, but they also helped to get rid of the scarring and stuff like that. So. It's a lot better than having someone digging in their fingernails into your face and, and you know, squeezing out pus or whatever. Like, you just, that's not helping. Yeah, no, I do get a, things. It's not a cure. I get, I get things burned off um, if they're uh, odd. Uh, 
God. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, I don't, uh, the squeezing, no, 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 thank you. No yeah. Thank yeah. You to that. But that's more like skin, yeah. that's more like skin tags and stuff, right? That you're... Yeah. Skin tags or, you know, if there's anything that's, uh, you know, I'm real paranoid. Extra arms, extra arms. Is that a. I've, I've had some, uh, not, uh, you know what, if you're not a hundred percent wrong, uh, with that, <laughs> I did have a growth uh, under my arm that was quite something, oh, okay. um, hmm. that uh, did have to get removed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm very paranoid skin wise uh, as to stuff. So if I see anything that's amiss, I'm immediately like at the doctor. And if they go, well, we could burn it off or you could just burn it off. Okay. Because you know, you could just see how it goes and well, if there's any changes, yeah, yeah or you could just burn it off. Yeah, let's just burn it off. Let's just, uh, we're here. Let's uh, burn this off. And, uh, there you go. Get rid of it. That's yeah, get rid of it. That sounds like the way to go. It's weird when doctors don't want to do the treatment and kind of put it in your court. Well, you know, I think a lot of people are probably like you were, where it's like if you're if they're then approaching you yeah. with you know a burning thing that I'm going to burn this thing off you, yeah. you know, you'd be like, I don't want that. Uh, whereas I'm more of the yeah, let's just I'm here, let's just take care of this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm, get I'm, it out. I'm fine with burning things. Mm-hmm. I just don't want someone rubbing a, a dry ice on my face with, with a, <laughs> in, yeah, in a rough like, canister. If you don't burn me when I come to see you at the yeah. doctor's office, I feel like I have an full appointment. Oh, is that right? Yeah. The guy. yeah. I'm just like, would you just, come on. Even if they just flick all... a few matches at you, you're all right with that. Yeah, for old time's sake. Yeah. 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 My favorite, yeah, my favorite thing, of course, when I, at, the, at a doctor, like I, I, one of my favorite things is a doctor saying to me, well, that doesn't look like cancer. I love that. That's my probably my favorite phrase. Aside from my wife saying, I love you, I love a doctor <laughs> saying, well, that doesn't look like cancer to me. Mm. That's great. Oh, what a great phrase that is. That just makes you do a little dance. I'm so happy. It's like, yay! Because, you know, there you are. I'm, I'm saying I'm against cancer, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, it's I don't a want to offend you pretty, or someone who had it. pretty controversial saying. place to come down on, I got to tell you right now. Okay. Doctors are, doctors are weird people. That's all I got to tell you. I would, I do not, I do not know how you can be a doctor. Like, I do not know how you can... <laughs> Give people, first of all, the intimacy that you need to have with people yeah. is like, that's a bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like just random people, yeah. like immediately. Yeah. And then, and then you have to, at some point, you know, give them advice and like, they're not going to want to take it. They're probably going to lie to you, which they do. And then, uh, you know, you might have to tell them really bad news and it's just like, Oh, you know, it's just like, how do you do it? But I guess you want to help people. And that's, you know, you're good for that. That's good, good, good on you. Good for you. But yeah, I could, I could, I don't think I could ever do that. As far as I can tell, people want to be doctors. So A, they can have a really good car. B, (laughs) a collection of fine watches. And C, Uh say over what music people listen to in the operating theater. And and you really want to subscribe to some shitty magazines. (laughs) That's right. That's the other thing. First of all. Just control freaks. Yeah, here's here's how you know you're going to be a doctor. It's like you know, like you sit down with your guidance counselor or whoever your job person is, and yeah, you just yeah. go to, and they say to you, uh, "So what do you want to do with your life?" And you're like, "I don't know. I'm I'm trying. I'm kind of open to whatever job yeah. it is." And it's like, "Okay, what's your favorite magazine?" And then you say to them, "McLean's." Yeah, yeah. And they go, "You're a doctor." <laughs> I like McLean's magazine. I got a place for all your old McLean's magazines. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. And in the waiting room. And, uh, and yeah, now we're going to build a doctor's uh, business around around you. <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, I know I know a doctor who's a comedian. Who's okay. Who's also uh, 
just written a book on anxiety, Dr. Russell Kennedy. So buy his book. It's probably good. Um, but the thing, sure. the thing that surprises me the most during this pandemic is I always like checking in with him and seeing what he's thinking about things. And here's what I've learned about doctors in the pandemic yeah. is they, they don't know at all. So they're, they're just learning with the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And I'm like, yeah, but you can sort out, you know, what's bullshit from not. It's like, not really. If there's a lot of research that needs to be done. No, no, no. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I thought you guys knew. <laughs> Oh, I thought you're the Illuminati and you've got all the secrets. Yeah. And, all the, and especially because this guy is like really good looking guy, super healthy. Yeah. So you feel like he's he's got, you know, he's he knows the source. He knows the stuff. Yeah. He's got a secret vial of whatever is the is the juice that like makes you right. And uh, now nah, he doesn't know. He just works out and takes care of himself. <laughs> what a loser. Yeah, what a loser winner. Winners are the biggest losers. That's what I say. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. So I wanted to mention something. Please. This is a callback to last episode. All right. So, uh, this is a callback corner. Here we go. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to harp on this theme because some people won't like it. But last week we were, we we're talking about uh, an adult movie called 8 to 4. And so at the end of the show, uh, I did some research when the show okay. was over and I, For I was about 15 minutes then lost interest. <laughs> interest anyway. And I, but I, I was able to find this, find the song. And so I put it at the end of the show. So I had to like, uh, do some fancy footwork where I like downloaded the show and then I converted it to MP3 and then I used the MP3 and, and, uh, and, uh, to edit the MP3. And, and, but what, what was funny is that there was a, because of something I had said during the show and I, and I feel like I was talking against common thinking right where i was saying like like i think most people when they think of like music in a in a movie from that time period it's you know all that kind of boom chicka wow kind of stuff right like that's our idea like the music it's a wah wah guitars and it's real it's real hot stuff happening and no there was a scene in the movie where two people were having some stuff because you know because i was researching I wasn't watching mm-hmm. the movie. I was just, All right. I was well, just doing just a little say research. This, Dave. Yeah. Don't write this off on your taxes. No, no. <laughs> as much as it is part of the show. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, I won't. Just I won't. eat the cost on that one. But I was, I was going to the end. I was just like fast forwarding to the end of the show to, because I wanted to see if there was credits for who sang the song, but there wasn't. There was very little in the way of credits, by the way. And so it seemed to, it seemed to just end. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I stopped at this one point just to see, just for a little, a little further research, and a couple of people were, you know, having some fun to the most like piano bar jazz I've ever heard in my life. It's oh. just so hilarious, and I was like, "This is what I was saying. This is totally what I meant." And so, uh, just for the point, just for fun, funsies, I'm gonna put a little bit of it at the end of the show so people can hear it. So you just have to imagine. And I'm not going to leave in any. There's no sounds happening, so don't worry about that. It's just the just the music, uh, but you you can just imagine what's happening. Okay. Whichever yeah, way you just... want, you can whoever whoever you want to imagine having sex to that music. You go go ahead, knock yourself out. But it's it's a sex scene, and that's the music that's playing. It's really funny, and it's not boom chicka wow. By the way, it's okay. It's a uh, you know. And all credit, of course, to the Caballero Control Corporation, CCC. Who, who that? 
They are the uh, theatrical releasers of the film, 8 to 4. Oh, that's right. They released a DVD. That's correct. And yes. if you, back in the day, they watched a porno movie in a, in a, a, a VC, uh, VHS, yeah. uh, you would see those would be the, that would be CCC would come up at the beginning and it's uh, Caballero, which always made me think of Guy Caballero from SCTV. Yeah, yeah. And I just yeah. thought, he's into pornography. Good for him. I bet you that's where they got the name from. Um, since, uh, may, oh, maybe... Well, Gay Caballero. I mean, it's where they got the Oh, okay, from. okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here's a here's the thing. What was the... And I'm blanking on the name of it. Yeah. What was the name of the Kids in the Hall character that dressed exactly like Guy Caballero? Oh, I do not know. Sorry. Yeah, it was a, it was a Dave Foley character. It was one was of his, it... Oh, Dr. Mengele. It was not... Ooh, I was thinking no. of the boys in Brazil. That's, that's, the, that's the costume that... Uh, that uh, Guy Caballero wears, though, as he dresses like Gregory Peck in uh, The Boys from Brazil. Oh, okay, okay. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Don't know what to... Yeah, but, you know. A lot of, a lot of deep well, cuts. Well, you, you know, you drop a Mengele reference, yeah. and it's going to slow It's gonna slow things down. No. Yeah, it was... Oh, it's a fancy name. I'll try and figure it out. Sure, sure. Yeah. You were looking online, weren't you? I am, I am looking online for Dave Foley Kids in the Hall characters right now. Uh, best 10 uh, kids in the hall reoccur- reoccurring characters uh, according to Paste Magazine. Uh, you know, the AT&T love, at and love boss. That's pretty good. Gavin, Gavin the kid. That is, yeah, I don't know. The Sizzler sisters. I disagree with that. I don't think they were the best. Gordon and Fran, they were okay. There we go. Bruno Punce Jones. Okay. That was his name. Huh. It was always like Francesca Fiore, uh, you know, played by Scott uh, Thompson. Okay. And he was, uh, yeah, he was uh, Bruno uh, Punts Jones, and he was always dressed almost exactly like Guy Cavalier. Oh. And I thought, like, is this a tribute? It might be. I don't know. I have never uh, been in a situation where I've been with Dave Foley where I felt comfortable asking that. That's too bad. I've seen him. I've met him three times. Okay. None of those three situations uh, were appropriate. They just didn't. It didn't feel like he could introduce that as a as a thing. Nope. That's oh, too bad. No. Hmm. But he was very nice. Let me say that. He's very nice, but standoffish and made you feel ill at ease that you weren't, you couldn't talk to him. I would say he was the, we see, I've never met Kevin McDonald. Okay. Um, but I would say he was the most comfortable to be around of the kids in the hall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, least comfortable to be around was Scott Thompson. Really? Yeah. Real, uh, wall around that guy. I felt, uh, I don't feel comfortable going up and having a talk. Uh, Bruce, uh, we opened for him for uh, one of his uh, shows and yeah. uh, he was very, he was very friendly, but he was busy. He was yeah. Busy. Cause he was like doing his, uh, showbiz stuff. And Mark McKinney, I just met casually cause I was writing some stuff for him for a, just for laughs thing. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And Dave Foley, first time we met Dave Foley was at a Canadian comedy awards and we ended up winning that year for Sketch Group, and his intro to it was was very funny. Where he had the award, and uh, he was going, you know, whoever wins this award, oh, it's going to be such an honor getting it from me. <laughs> and then uh, we all went up and just went, uh, what an honor! And that was nice. <laughs> yeah, but he was uh, he was very friendly. I've never met Kevin McDonald, even though he's uh, quite often giving uh, classes uh, in Vancouver. Uh, but one day I hope to, because I do enjoy his work. As as do we all. Very good. We'll never forget him in that movie. Uh, Dave, here's a little dumb bit of trivia. Okay. 
Done a bit of trivia. Sure. Uh, it is Arlene Sorkin's birthday today. She is a voice actor uh, best known for portraying Harley Quinn on the uh, Batman the Animated Series. Is she the one who developed the G-Boss kind of she thing? She was also, yes, and... Based on Gene Hagen in uh, Singing in the Rain. She, okay, yes, and the look was based on her uh, yeah. wearing a jester or a Harlequin outfit in uh, a soap opera that she was in. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was based on her look, yeah. and they cast her in the role, and, and she wasn't actually supposed to have that voice. And then she brought that voice, and they went, ah, that's great. But the <laughs> first couple of times Harley Quinn was there next to the Joker in that outfit, yeah. she was not named Harley Quinn. She was not a named character. Who knew she would be popular? No one did. Why name her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to give you uh, three guesses okay. as to what her character name was. And I will just say this uh, as clues. Yeah. She was working for the Joker. Yeah. So think about that. That's yeah. one thing. She's working for the Joker. Sure. Um, and the and her title rhymed. It rhymed. Okay. And it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, referring to that she was a lady as well. She's working for the Joker. Sure. And she's a lady. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and, there and it goes. rhymed. It rhymed. And it rhymed. Okay. So okay. there we go. And I'll get, uh, you, if you don't get it in two, I'll give you a better clue. All right. Um, so, so she works for the Joker. She works for the Joker. So yeah. she does the uh, job yeah. for the Joker. Yeah. And and the job that she does for the Joker, which is the same job as the other guys do for the Joker, okay. uh, enters into this. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so this is what her character was called. So her character was called. Okay. So. Yeah. Two words, and they run. Oh man. So. <laughs> Um, just trying to think, just going through her, what, what are, so she was like a thief or was she like a henchman or hench person? Yes, she was. You got, you got it right. Okay. So there you go. You're halfway there. So a hench wench? That's it. Her name was hench wench. <laughs> well, I'm glad they changed it to Harley Quinn because that's a lot yeah, better. That's better than hench wench. There probably wouldn't be <laughs> hench wench in the Birds of Prey movie. You probably wouldn't have hench wench in the Suicide Squad. Next, uh, yeah. No, no, it wouldn't quite wouldn't be the same. Would yeah. not be the same. Huh. Well thank you. I I mean I feel like I got there um eventually, but thank you for the, the, the heads up halfway that through is, it. There. That is okay. That was good. That was good. That was a good bit of trivia. Thank you for that. Oh no. I'm gonna pass it on. Me. I have a friend at work who is Batman crazy. Ah. He, he likes all things Batman. He loves Arkham Asylum, the the video game. He uh he drinks from a coffee uh, Batman coffee cup. He has a bat logo on his computer. He has on his work computer. He has a okay. he has a bat logo on his clipboard, and um, I think he also wears a Batman shirt every once in a while as well. Oh! If if we're not if we're like playing like we used to play spike ball, and he would wear a Batman shirt when we played spike ball. Did you ever think of perhaps wearing a Robin shirt one day and just being his friend? <laughs> well, I am his friend, but. But you're not as chum. I'm not as chum, and you know what? I don't feel like we're we're work friends. I don't feel like we're quite at we're not work chums. But we're, you're not enemies, so you wouldn't wear a Joker. Shirt. I would not wear a Joker shirt. No, I would never want to turn Batman well, against me. What was his opinion, if you don't mind me asking, of the Joker of Joker movie? He really liked it. Oh, okay, good. He really liked it. Yeah. All right. He liked it a lot, and but like I say, he's a real Batman guy, so that was right up his particular alley. Yeah, he really liked it. You know. Did I mention? Did I mention to you my problem with Jason Todd on the show? 
Uh, is okay. So Jason Todd is the he is Robin. the he third. Robin. He's the third Robin after Damian Wayne. Robin. Oh, so Damian Wayne is the third Robin. No, Damian Wayne is the fourth Robin. Oh, so the third. Uh, no, technically Damian Wayne is the fifth Robin. Okay, so wait. So are we counting the Robin from the Dark Knight in there? We are not. We are counting uh, Stephanie Brown. Who was a girl Robin? Who was not Cassie? Who you were talking about? Okay. Uh, from that. no, it was Dick Grayson. Then it goes Jason Todd. Then it goes Tim Drake. Then it goes uh, Stephanie Brown, who is the daughter of the Clue Master. Then it's uh, Damian uh, Wayne or Damian Agul. Okay. Yes. Damian yeah. Wayans. Yeah, that's who came. Yeah, uh, the Wayans brothers. That's <laughs> right. Uh, so, so okay. So, so Jason Todd. Right. Jason Todd was the one who was uh, uh, killed. Uh, because there was a, a 1-800 number. And oh, and people could vote on whether he lived or died? Yeah, they voted on whether he would live or die. Oh, it was people, a story oh, called Death in the Family. People always, the, vote, people always vote for the negative. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, <laughs> yeah, hey, America, how you doing? Uh, anyway. <laughs> but they're, they're, they, they brought him back uh, as do, do, the do, Red... Do, do. Yeah, they brought him back as the Red Hood, because the Joker, he was killed by the Joker... Beaten, beaten to death with a crowbar and then blown up by the Joker. Uh, at at least Joker, he didn't. At least he didn't put him in a wheelchair. There you go. Um, well, here's the thing, and this is where I'm going with this. Actually, okay. all right. Like, but I got to tell you who the Red Hood is because otherwise it makes no sense. Okay. The Red Hood was, uh, you know, there was a story about the Joker. Like, where's the Joker from? No one knows. And then Batman figures out that the Joker once disguised himself as this character, the Red Hood, who wore a red hood. And then when uh, he was robbing a chemical factory, why was he robbing a chemical factory? I don't know. <laughs> Batman screws up and, and somehow he falls into this uh, vat of chemicals and that's why he looks like the Joker. <laughs> that's the origin. Of course. And I, it, because he, he stumbled over his big bag of swag that had all this liquid in it, all this chemicals yeah. in it. So this... There's also a big problem to that in that Batman is shitty at his job and like uh. lets a criminal die by falling into chemicals and like doesn't care. And it's like, that's not a Batman move. Batman would <laughs> Batman would look for the corpse. You know, Batman wouldn't be, well, he's dead. Done. Batman job done. Bye. <laughs> you know, that's not a Batman move. Anyway. Um, so, so Jason Todd, when he came back from the dead yeah. for various weird reasons, um, disguised himself as the Red Hood and now is like a Punisher-type vigilante guy. Okay. And that's, uh, but they're doing a thing right now where uh, they're having him try and get revenge on the Joker. And there's a, there's a big plot about how there's three Jokers, whatever. But my problem is, like, every time they, they have this Jason Todd versus the Joker thing, it kind of works with Barbara Gordon because, yes, the Joker paralyzed Barbara Gordon. Now, Barbara Gordon, the story almost always is, and people keep telling the same one over and over again, is she gets over her fear of the Joker, and now the Joker is, like, no, not a threat to her anymore, and she, like, is her own person. And it's like, okay, it's an empowering story. Sure. Fine. Sure. That's your story. But with Jason Todd, he wants revenge, and it's got to be violent revenge. But the problem is... The Joker didn't kill uh, Jason Todd. Readers killed Jason <laughs> Todd. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's never a good story because, like, the Joker just did what the readers told him to. There was no motivation behind it. There was no nothing he was trying to prove. Like, with, with Barbara, as much as you, if you like the killing Joker, you don't. The Joker had a point to make, and it was like, if I give you a bad day, I'm going to push you over the edge, 
and now you're going to kill me and you'll, I'll show you you're as bad as me. Batman and, and Commissioner Gordon are like, no, we're not. And uh, then Barbara goes like, yeah, you didn't even really affect me that much. And, and Joker's like, oh, boy, that's one on me. I'm a dumb villain. <laughs> like, okay, that's, that's one on me. I left you in a wheelchair. Yeah, I Ugh. left you in a wheelchair. But then you got better. So, Keeping you know, again, me. I'm a big chump. Okay. <laughs> but, the, yeah, the problem is it's the readers that, uh, that uh, did this. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking, like, you know, you, you could do something meta with that and go, like, Okay, so the Joker, before he's about to kill Jason Todd, and again, maybe I'm just fanficking here, but I don't want to rape Batman, so I'm going to fanfic here, is the Joker just goes, I'm going to go to an internet message board for Batman fans, and they're going to decide whether I kill you or not. (laughs) So he just goes on there and just has a poll, just opens a poll and just goes like, okay, so you guys all decide by midnight, do I kill him or not? And then there's more votes for kill him than not. You got it. And, uh, and And he kills him. And so, like, Jason's got to now just go, yeah, it's people who love Batman that hate me. <laughs> yeah. And like, what does that do to you? How does that mess you up? Because, yeah, the thing with him and the Joker, no, it's, it's, not a, it's not a Joker-related thing. He was just the, uh, the vessel uh, to, uh, to let the fans kill Robin. It, it reminds me of when Andy Kaufman um, on Saturday Night Live, they did the thing where, where people voted whether he could come back on the show or not. Right. And, of course, it was instigated by, by Andy. And Lauren Michaels said to him, you know that people will vote against, will vote to vote you off the show because people always vote a negative. Like people always will vote the worst thing. That's how people because because people who because you so you have you have two you have three types of voters, right? You have your the people who are for Andy Kaufman, you have the people who are against Andy Kaufman, and then you have a big wide swath of people who are indifferent. Indifferent people aren't going to vote, even if they like Andy Kaufman, they're not going to vote. So you're going to get the people who are either just like you know. Just for the heck of it, they just want to, you know, screw a guy. So they're just going to vote no, get him off the show. And then you got people who are le- legitimately mad at him or, you know, don't like him and they vote him off the show. And then you have, and then you have like a few people who, of course, like him. And so they vote for him to stay. But the majority don't vote. And so you end up with him, him never going on the show again. So then, and he, but he, he was all right with that, apparently. That was. Yeah, they did the same thing with uh, Larry the Lobster, whether they're going to boil a lobster or not. Okay, which was like just seemed kind of sadistic, and it's like we're going to kill an animal. Yeah, yeah. It's like, meh, that's not a, that's not as uh, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna say though, I get that we're saying about the negative is what people are going to vote for. Yeah, but I'm gonna th- I'm gonna say, I think they'll vote for uh, the more interesting thing. And like the idea of like, and Andy Kaufman will still remain on the show and keep doing what he's always done. Yeah. Well, that's boring. All right, we're going to kick him off the show. Oh, he's going to lose his mind if you do that. That's more <laughs> interesting. Let's see that. Yeah. And that's part of my thing right now with uh, not to get too into politics, but the upcoming election. Yeah. Is like people last time was like, well, what if Trump wins? Well, that would be interesting. <laughs> you know, it'd be bad, but it'd be interesting. Yeah. So people vote for the interesting, even yeah. though most people didn't vote for him. But like this time around. It's like, do you want more of Trump? No, that's not that interesting. We know we've had four years of that. That's yeah. not interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, what would be interesting? Well, you know, like if he's not president, he's you know owes people millions of dollars. Like hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Also, Mueller said, interesting. you know, you can arrest him the second he's not president. Oh, that's interesting. Also, he says he's not leaving if he's uh, if 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 you know if the other person wins. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like everything is much more interesting if he loses. Like you just see this guy lose his damn mind. Like, yeah, why would you want to vote for him? Even if you are interested in chaos and 
and all this. It's just like, it's just so much more interesting to see what would happen. You know, when Lex Luthor goes down, I was like, yeah, let's, let's play that out. That'd be great. Let's do it. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will. At least I hope we'll see. I'm with you. Come on, America. Come on. Come on. We love you. Come on. You know what we want. Yeah. There was a time I think that the, the Joker blew up, uh, Iran as well. Anyway, he blew up Iran. I think so. Yeah, I think he, he dropped an. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Get, oh wait a second. Yeah, the Joker got given a position in the Iranian government by yeah. the Ayatollah Khomeini, and uh, and then like I think he dropped an atomic bomb. <laughs> it, so th- that was the 1980s equivalent of like a guerrilla story from the 60s. Yeah, and then he goes to the UN and tries to kill the entire General Assembly with his Joker venom. Well, we can blame him. Yeah, so uh, you know, I'd say shark jumped, but uh, you know, when they when they jumped the shark in Happy Days, uh, the show was still incredibly popular, and it went on for like six more years. So you know, it's actually not bad to jump the shark. Well, it's not referring to popularity; it's referring to quality. The idea of jumping the shark. It yeah, and then you kind of watch the show beforehand and go like, "Where was that high quality?" <laughs> well, that, that's true enough. That is true enough. Because really, the show jumped the garbage cans. That's when it really got bad. Once Arnold, there you go. Once Arnold left the show, forget about it. Yeah, then when Arnold went to be a karate kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No good. No good after that. And what, what really, when Richie left the show, that's when it really tanked. Yeah, when Richie lost his hair, then uh, then then we were done. It was just Did like, he lose his, his hair during the run his, of the show? His hair is even leaving during the show. Well, he wore <laughs> some hats. And then I get the feeling that he, mm, I don't know. You'd have to really get into when Richie started losing his hair. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll have sure. to. I guess I'll have to watch the show. I, it sounds very like a painful way to learn something. I'd really. What I would like to do if they were to do a spinoff of Happy Days. Yeah. It's like don't don't focus on Fonzie. Don't give me a prequel. Don't tell me what their kids are like. What I want to happen is because it was the 1950s, right? It took place yeah. in the 1950s. I want to know what happened after Chuck went up the stairs and did not come back down. <laughs> Chuck, the brother, yeah. big, muscly guy, okay. goes up the stairs, never comes back down, and then the whole family doesn't refer to him again. Yeah. Which, if you're going like, it's the 1950s, what? Like, First of all, you just go like, well, they, they weren't interested, the actor, and we go, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But what if you go with the idea that, no, 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 he did something, and then he had to vanish. And no one was allowed to mention him again. And then we just follow Chuck and just follow what Chuck's doing with his life. You know, maybe, maybe he became a communist. Maybe he's fighting the communists. But, uh, you know, it's going the dark underbelly of the 1950s. Sure. But in the background, every so often, you'll see on the TV, you'll see Fonzie jumping the garbage cans. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, we're still in that world or something that Laverne and Shirley did is going on or there's some sort of connection or maybe he's working for the government and they, they get word of like uh, like a UFO and that's when Mork showed up and it's like, you know, you just loosely tie it in the background but make it like the Lou Grant yeah. to uh, to the Mary Tyler Moore. Really get the dark underbelly of the 1950s. <laughs> sure, but still sure. yeah. have a laugh track. Even though there's <laughs> yeah. no comment. You cannot, you cannot not have a laugh track on, on those shows. Yeah. Yeah. Just that really was... crank up the laugh track. Oh, that would be good. It would be fun to like, like put a laugh track on like Rockford Files mm-hmm. or Columbo. I guess those shows did have a sense of humor, though. I don't really know any serious shows. I would never bother to watch them. That sounds too boring to me. But I had a very embarrassing moment last week 
oh. where I was watching the beginning of uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Someone was doing a parody of it, like a you know a shot for shot recreation, and and Mary Tyler Moore does a scene that I thought Jim Rockford did in the in the opening of. They both look at meat. And Mary <laughs> looks at some meat and yeah. then goes Ugh, and tosses the meat because it's too much. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Jim looks at the meat with like the oh, it's too much, but he doesn't toss it. No. So I was like, oh, I always pictured Jim. I had this image of Jim tossing the meat back, like I can't afford that. Yeah. But no, it was always Mary Tyler Moore that was doing it. They just had a very similar scene in the beginning of both of their uh, the their series. I guess that was like the height of the meat prices. Meat was so expensive. Meat you was so much. You couldn't afford it if you were a TV producer. <laughs> you, you looked at it and went, 15 cents a pound? What do I look like? A millionaire? I figure like, Mary should be making some scratch. She's a TV producer. I know it's the news, but you know, it's a thing. She should be all right. <laughs> Jim, I understand. Jim's yeah. got bills. Well, but wait a second. $200 a day plus expenses. That's pretty good money. No one pays him. <laughs> You've got to collect. <laughs> Who pays him? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they make the offer, and then all of a sudden I he mean, gets a punch in the bush, and he's thrown in a garbage can. It's true. They pretty much established that right away in the pilot with uh, Lindsay Wagner as as the as a woman who's look, looking for help, finding her father, or finding her father's murderer. And uh, yeah, the whole point of it is that she doesn't have the money. She pretends to have money, but her chicks keep bouncing, but Jim's still goes through, you know, and, and solves the case for her, even though he knows he's getting nothing out of it. Good for Jim. I know. He's a good guy. He's a good, he's a good guy. That's what you got to give him. He's a good guy. Yeah. He even cares about Angel. Even Angel's a son of a bitch. Angel yes. would sell him out for a, like a bag of nickels. But I guess a former cellmate. You got to... Yeah, you, know? you figure like he must have saved his life in the joint or something owes him. Yeah. Do you think Angel saved Jim's life? I, I, well, I think Jim probably saved Angel's life. I think well, that's I, a lot I think, closer I to the Angel truth. Angel has done something, though, yeah. that, because Angel would probably thrive in prison. Yeah. Like, th- that's the only place his con manitude would, uh, would you know, <laughs> uh, be a benefit. I don't know. Maybe. You don't think Angel would do well in prison? I will. I, I don't know if he'd do well, but I think he would know what side of the bread his butter is on. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't okay. know if he, I don't know if he, I think he, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not saying that he would prosper or that it was his, like, place to be, but I think that he would do okay because he would know who to suck up to in order to, like, get through it all. Yeah, I feel like at some point Angel actually would find the Lord at some point. <laughs> it's possible, but I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, it's possible. That's why it's called Angel, too. That might be mm. a backstory. You know, who knows? It's weird, I, I, it's weird that his sister is married to a um, newspaper publisher. Is that right? Yeah. I did not. I did not. Yeah, in the early episodes, he, he's working on a paper. He's working on a mm. newspaper. And he kind of uses the, that place as, as a way to do some do some fact-checking for, for Jimmy. Oh. But uh, one of my favorite episodes in the early ones is there's one where he gets uh, Jim Rockford to take him to this, like, real low-dive uh, chili restaurant, chili parlor. I don't know what you call mm. it. Place to get chili. And, uh, like, Jim is, like, totally not into this whole thing, but... Angel's like in his in his element. He's he's getting the chili. He's uh, puts raw onions on it and then a bunch of crackers and he's mixing it all up and he's like this loving it. And Jim's like, eh, I'm good. I don't need to. He's more a taco guy, yeah. I don't. Well, he's more of a taco guy, but also he doesn't want to eat a place there. It looks like you know it's like you know Tomain Unlimited. You know, is the, the sign. So come in and get some this week salmonella half price, right? So yeah, ah. he's he's sort of like no thanks because you like the the tables are barrels. 
mm. like old barrels that you're sitting at, you know? So it's just, it's got like this kind of whole like dive sort of element to it. That's You know who would charming. like that, I think, is uh, Columbo. Columbo would like a chili with uh, Angel? Yeah, oh, I he... think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he would. He he enjoys a, he enjoys a, a chili. That's like Columbo's uh, thing. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he goes he goes off for some nice chili. Yeah, I've sure. seen and I've seen a lot of them. And he and he likes to he gets the extra crackers. He just like uh, crumbles the crackers up on top, and then huh. usually it does a talking to, and then has a couple bites, and then realizes something. It's just like oh, and he just remembers the thing. Huh. And he heads off. The yeah. uh, the back page of Rounders was drawn uh, while I was watching Columbo with Johnny Cash on it. Hmm. Yeah, Johnny Cash was the murderer. Ah. Yeah. Did he push someone into a burning ring of fire? <laughs> he did not. He pushed someone out of a helicopter. Oh, and he went down, down, down. <laughs> he did. He did. Ah. Yeah. Was he very arrogant? He was, he was, yes. He kind of played like a man of the people. You almost felt like, it was kind of weird though, because he kept, the way he played the character, like, why would this guy murder anyone? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, so what a character. It's weird. But but anyway, it was, it was, it was fine. Do you remember when there was Johnny Cash machines? Johnny Cash what? Machines. Johnny Cash. Machines. Johnny Cash in, machine. Like, yeah. All right, I'm gonna say these. I'm gonna say this one more time, then I'll explain what it is. <laughs> yes. Johnny. Yeah. Cash. Yeah. And actually, there was one word. Uh, then machines. Yeah, yeah. Johnny and Cash machines. Cash, okay. The cash machine. Yeah. Uh, that came out in 1985, and uh, and it was only in Canada, and it was like a, yeah, a cash machine that was like branded with Johnny Cash. And he would do commercials in yeah. Canada yeah. Uh, for these machines. I guess, yeah, it was Canada Trust. Do you remember those? I do not. Okay. Maybe if I, I saw send, one, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I will send you a commercial for, for this. And Please we can put that up on do. And I hope, they, I hope they also say in the commercial, only in Canada, eh? Pity. Aw. Was Fred Rose only in Canada? It was. It was a Canadian why? tea. Why? Why not? Well, it's tea. I like, think, why not? We're, no, what? why can't it sell in the states? Look, it, it could have, I guess, but they, they didn't want to, or they didn't have the they didn't have the means. Some okay. companies are small, you know. They don't have the they don't have the machinery to 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 get into the American market. That would probably cost a lot of money to for advertising and you know having to sell your to sell in grocery stores and all the rest of that. It's a lot how of many uh, How many of the miniature porcelain figures did you uh, did your mom have when uh, you were a kid? We did not drink. We did not drink uh, oh. red rose tea. Oh, okay, we did. So we had uh, many, <laughs> yeah, many, many, okay. many of those. Yeah, we were a and, we were a nabob family. Uh, I will t- I will run down right now for you uh, the miniature porcelain. Uh, I won't tell you all the miniature porcelain uh, things, but I will tell you all the categories. Okay. Of miniature porcelain uh, figures. So here we are. Uh, first of all, there was the American series, and that was you know you got here animals like your monkey lion buffalo then american wait wait series sorry two. wait wait sorry wait it was yeah. the american series yeah they just called them the american series and they had monkeys lions it's buffalo bush babies owl bear cub rabbit squirrel bird otter apparently i am doing this hippo seal wild boar turtle animal. but wait i'm just i don't understand why this is american yeah americans like these animals they had american they series number two but then you know it's american series number two because yeah. the first one is a koala <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the there's clue. also a kangaroo and a cockatiel <laughs> yeah very american okay. now this was the it. series that my grand grandparents collected okay can i can i can i guess what it was can i guess what okay, the other next one was so was there one that was like um 
a British one. No, there's no more. Uh, oh, no, no more. more by uh, by oh, country. Okay, 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 okay. Cats. Oh, there's cats. North American endangered animals. Cats, cats, there, cats, cats, cats. There is cat. The cat. Cat was in the pet shop series. Category. Cat category. Yeah. Okay. Cat category. Also known as a category. There's also American heritage, and then you got your uh, bison. Uh, but you also got things like, oh boy, what a what a treat. Um, you got like a Boston Tea Party crate. Okay. Nice. And a space shuttle. And a three corner hat. Mm, tricorn. And White House. Tricorn. I remember the White House. And the White House. The, the, mm. Yeah, the one that was my grandparents' favorite one. Okay, I'll tell you what was what was in it. But because and it was you, just one second, because the because um Red Rose Tea was only in Canada, the yeah. White House would uh, self ignite. That's right. It would be on fire. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you uh, some of the things that were in the my grandparents' favorite series. Okay, yeah. Um, but and you try and guess what the series contains. Okay. Bear. So that's the that's the name of the category. Category is bear. No, no, no. I'm not, you've got to guess what the category is. I'm oh, telling I'm you sorry. what's in the category. Okay. Uh, okay. Bear is sure. one of the All right. one okay. of the things in it. Yeah. Okay. Horse. Circus. Yeah, you're right. So you got a bear, standing elephant, rearing elephant, teapot monkey, tea, uh, teacup monkey, uh-huh. lion, poodle, seal, horse, tiger, ringmaster, human cannonball, strongman, blue clown, green clown, and there was also a circus ring display available separately, which they had. And we put out the little circus, uh, three ring circus display, and we put the the little animals in the uh, in the display, and it was like, well, now the ringmaster's in the center, with the tiger in the side. Yeah, we had fun with that. Cool. Okay, there's a biblical one. What would that be? What would be in it? Well, Noah's Ark, I imagine. Yeah, that's it. Noah's Ark. As, as, so you get Noah and his wife. Uh, okay, and then you get a lot of... Do you get more thing. animals? Is this a way for them to get rid of all the bears and stuff from the this circus is, set? This is uh, getting them in, as pairs. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting a pair of elephants, pair of rhinos, pair of zebras, a uh, uh, goose and a gander together, hen and a rooster, ram and a ewe, lion and a lioness. And you also got a Noah's Ark display, which was available separately. Huh. And that was that was the entirety of the biblical one. So they didn't have like the Tower of Babel or anything, but just Noah's Ark. Just that's as far as it went. We got a nautical wonderland. You can okay. kind of guess what those are. Ooh, uh, the Mad Tea Party? Series. What's that? Did you get the? Was it the Mad Hatter's Tea Party? No, sorry, it was the nautical wonderland. So it was. Oh, not. I'm sorry, nautical. They said Alice in Wonderland. Sorry. No. <laughs> nautical but, 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 wonderland. Okay. Let's go with this. Uh, maybe you can guess this. We we have our fun here, don't we? Killing time. Um. <laughs> There's the calendar series. Why are we killing time? The calendar series, okay. All right. So in January... Yeah, you get like a snow, a snowman? Yes, exactly! Well done! You got all the clues and I can stop my murders. <laughs> um, fe- February, what would you get? February. February, oh boy. Uh, I guess that would be uh, a heart for Valentine's Day? Could have a heart for Valentine's Day, but this is an actual uh, uh, being... Uh, that repre- that would be appropriate for this time. Oh, I guess Washington. It would be Cupid. Oh, sorry. Okay, he's not a being, but okay. Yeah. Well, a being. No. <laughs> it's a myth- um, mythical March. Mythical creature. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Mar- oh, March. 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 Oh, uh, uh, is it a is it a lion? <laughs> uh, it's a no. It's a fictional character. Oh, it would be oh a fictional. So you're gonna. It's a fictional character for mythological character. Let's go with. it. Not necessarily from Greek myth, but like you know. Oh, I see. It's, okay, it's a Maple Leaf character. I see Maple Leaf character for March. Is appropriate. For yeah, March. so it's like a zodiac thing, I guess. It is not at all. Oh, no. really? No, none oh. of them are zodiac. Oh, well, I was thinking mythical creature that what, what would be like based around the. Okay, um, 
Based around St. Patrick's Day is what it would be. Yeah, yeah, but you're not going to say St. Patrick, are you? No, I'm going to say a leprechaun. Oh, a leprechaun. Oh, of course. Duh, dummy. Okay, this is going to be easier. April. The Easter Bunny. There you go. Now, May is, of course, Mother's Day. So what do we get? We get, uh, is it, so it's not a mother. Is it like, uh, is it like flowers for? It is Norman Bates from Psycho. That's right. <laughs> it is Mother's Day flowers. That's right. What was I thinking? Flowers. Now, June, of course, well, you know, what's uh, what, June? You could go weddings, but we're not doing that. No. What else happens in June? What else happens in June? Um, school's out? That's absolutely right, which gets us what? Um, the burning schoolhouse? Fireworks? No. Uh... Exactly. Graduation cap and books. You're right. <laughs> Graduation cap. Now we're going to get a little more American here. All right. On July. Oh, uh, yes. We get the 4th of July, so... Did they do like an American flag for that? We're going to go with Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. Okay, Uncle Sam. Yeah, even though only in Canada, pity, we do like our American things. (laughs) We do like to try Uh, to sell to America. August, what are we doing here? Remember the snowman in January? What are we doing in August? (laughs) August, we have a melted snowman? Yeah, melted snowman, that's right. They put this a puddle. It's just a puddle. A sandcastle, okay. Seems wrong. September, but yeah, maybe it, maybe it's right. Uh, September, I don't think you're going to guess, except if I said to you, it's also a Batman villain. It's a woman in labor. That's right. Batman's worst villain, woman in labor. Remember uh, how uh, the woman in labor would rob a bank and like would use her baby to uh, as a weapon? Yeah. She, used, she, would, she would crush Batman during her contractions. That's exactly right. It's Scarecrow. Okay. <laughs> Scarecrow? Yes. For September? Yes, I know. But I guess yeah. uh, October. I guess it's a pumpkin. Yeah, pumpkin kitty. A kitty and a pumpkin. Ah, uh, okay. Adorable. Uh, November. Uh, Thanksgiving is, turkey? That'd be right. Now let's go December. Bring it on home. Santa Claus. Christmas tree. But Christmas very close tree. Okay. Okay. There you go. Everybody, that was us being indulgent. <laughs> Remembering. I don't remember any of that. It's funny. Like, that's. I'm sure I've seen them. I've well, seen not a tea drinking family, family, no, but if you are. We were a tea drinking My mom and dad had their tea after our meal every 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 dinner. And in a restaurant, too, they'd have tea after after dinner. Well, what, would they, what type of tea would they have? Killed me. Uh, I said we were, in, we were a Nabob family. We oh, were, right. You're a Nabob. Yeah. So my dad worked for Nabob. When he when he came up here from the states, he got a job working for Nabob, and then because his name is Bob, so that seemed right. That's right. And then, uh, but then he went from Nabob to uh, become he became a salesman for Quaker Oats. Very close to the Nabob company in Burnaby was the BCTV studios. That's where I'd go to watch the Alan Thick show. That's where my dad worked at the at the Nabob. The Nabob Company by, I'm by sorry Lake City. I never went over and said hi. Well, he like, wouldn't have been there then. He would have. He would have been probably still working for Quaker Oats at that time. Right. And, and actually, he worked for Nabob in Portland as well. That's why he got the job when he came up here. Because he, and he told me a while ago that he was kind of sad that they left Portland because he had been um, kind of promised that he would be he was going to get the the warehouse manager job. Oh. And uh, then he moved, and of course he just had to start at the bottom again in the next place he went to, and that's, I guess, why he was applying at other companies and ended up going to Quaker Oats. Oh, but yeah. So, but you know what? If that had happened, we would have stayed in the states. I would have never met Lisa, or had my beautiful daughters, and I'd have to live in a country run by Trump. 
So all those... oh, you think the reality would have still ex- uh, gone with that? It still was oh, okay. So that's all. That part would have still happened. I see. I don't see myself as having that much to do with with uh, Trump's demise. It's possible that if I was in the world, I would somehow lead to something wrong. I bad think, happening. I, I think everyone influences everything, so it all just gets. It's all butterfly. Around. It's all butterfly effect. I think it's all butterfly, butterfly, yeah. butterfly. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay. You never know. You could be right, um, Dave. Uh, we've been yes. talking a bit. Do you think it's time to go to letters or have you Oh my gosh. Letters? Yes, we should go to letters. Okay, very good. I didn't realize we were two hours in. Yeah. I was enjoying know, myself. Have... I was enjoying myself so much. We have a, we have a, a yip yap. What's your favorite Quaker cereal? Do you have a favorite one? I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of Muffets. Oh, those are, yeah, I'll give you that. I enjoy the, uh, the oatmeal squares. Those are good too. I mean, I like all of them because I grew up with, with them. And although oatmeal squares was a little later. Like corn bran and stuff like that came a little later, but we did. For as much as people say the Captain Crunch cuts up your mouth, the oatmeal squares will do a number on <laughs> But here's the thing: unlike you, sir, I put milk on mine, and that takes away some of the some of the uh, cutting effects. Understood. All right. But now I'm not I'm not super familiar with uh, Captain Crunch because I was never allowed to eat it as a kid. And yet you were allowed to wear the shirt. I did have a Captain Crunch shirt. That's right, and a, and a Captain Crunch watch. Hmm. And it was always time for Captain Crunch. <laughs> That's what it said. And then it would be like, nope. I'd be like, Mom, it says. And I always wanted to try the one with the berries because that looks so good to me. Yeah, Crunch Berries, really. Good. And also the, the peanut butter one looked pretty good yeah, too. Yeah, peanut butter was also look good. There's one that's like uh, all, yeah, there's one that's all berries. I don't know about like, that. Oh. That seems a little over the top. Well, you should be careful what you about. wish for. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like saying, you know what? I love raspberries. I wish I could eat an entire crate of raspberries in one sitting. Okay. You wouldn't want to do that, really. Oh, we don't have to. No, no, no. Wait, is this your idea of hell? And like, you're going <laughs> to get the yeah, you have to take it. That's ironic hell. <laughs> it's like someone like, hey, there's the guy who likes raspberries. That's right. Like, Stupid ironic hell. Do the thing. What, uh, so, what your favorite is oatmeal squares? I like the yeah. I'd say if Quaker things. I also enjoy the oatmeal, just the straight oatmeal. And I like an oatmeal thing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's I mean, I like. I mean, I grew up eating all of that stuff. So, like, I remember oh, when but, I remember when Life cereal was introduced, and I remember. Again, I uh, we're going down this rabbit hole, and I apologize for it. Here was the best one, though, that okay. they discontinued. This is the best Quaker um, Oat cereal. Best? No, no. This is the best Captain Crunch cereal. Oh, okay. Sorry. It was Jean Lefoot's uh, Cinnamon Crunch. Jean Lefoot's? Jean Lefoot's. Not Jean Lafitte. Not Jean Lafitte, but Jean Lefoot. No, it was just Jean Lefoot's. Okay. Yeah, it was a cinnamon-flavored uh, Captain Crunch. It was uh, so good. They also had a vanilla one that was Vanilla Crunch. And uh, they had a punch crunch as well. Hmm. So there you are. My dad. And the berry one I was talking about was called Oops All Berries. Oops, uh, oops, all berries. Like they, oops. they made a mistake and they forgot to put their yeah. Captain Crunch into the box. Oops! Exclamation mark! All berries. I don't know. Be careful what you wish for. That's my feeling on that one. But maybe good. Okay. I just, I just like the, I like the idea of of the of the berry mixed with the Captain Crunch cereal. So you get like the contrast between the two. I've never had it, so I wish okay. we would get it one day. I wonder, do they still sell that stuff? What 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 kind? The uh, the berry Captain Crunch, Crunch Berry. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, maybe we'll get. Go some. down to Target in the states. You can get that. Absolutely. Oh, I can't go to the states. Butter. Don't they have them in here in Canada? No, they don't have it in Canada. No. Well, fuck Canada. Way to go. Oh. My dad was uh, my dad was telling me uh, about going. Hey, to go. He went on a a trip to Quebec City. Okay. For for meetings, and there was a guy there, like, and I assume this was with Quaker with Quaker Oats, and he was there, and he was trying to get the company. To bring Tintin cereal into Canada, mm. and he was like talking about Tintin and going on and on about it. And then this guy, 
piped up from the, he goes he goes well what I, what I don't understand is why do we think people nowadays are going to care about Rin Tin Tin? <laughs> he thought he was talking about the dog, not because people in Canada at that time really had no didn't have any idea who Tin Tin was. Like he wasn't like mm-hmm. maybe in Quebec, and this guy was like a, a salesman in Quebec. Uh, probably in Quebec, Tin Tin was big because they would have he had was. they would have had like a, a lot of exposure to Franco Belgian comics. There, there there's a couple of uh, big murals of Tin Tin. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So so there, yeah, you could it would fly, but outside of that, like. You know, like there are no new tin. There was no Tintin cartoons at that time, right? It was just yeah. Did you your dad turn to that guy and go, "What are you, a fucking idiot?" No, he didn't know who he was either. Oh, that's too bad. Sorry about that. Don't I don't think I under, I don't think I discovered Tintin until I moved to North Delta. I don't think I discovered I, Asterix either until I moved to I, North Delta. I grew up in Montreal, so like our school library had both. Mm, yeah, see, that's that's good. Yeah, we our school Burns you had Asterix, but I didn't have Tintin. I had to go to the li- the our public library to find the Tintin books. But I was interested in... I read Asterix before I read Tintin. Yeah, that's a good starter. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm also... By the way, I'm also going to recommend the... Uh, which... Another Captain Crunch serial that no longer exists. Yeah. Uh, Superman Crunch was released uh, with a Superman Returns movie. Okay. And that had peanut butter pieces shaped like Superman's shield, which turned the milk blue. Oh. Yeah. If but, you it drank- was, but it was blue peanut butter. It was peanut butter that would turn your milk blue. Oh, uh, well. There you go. All right, two letters. Just um, only two letters? No, I'm saying I'm, we're going to. Oh, we're going two letters. I'm sorry. T-O I'm sorry. T-O letters. letters. I'm sorry. I wasn't Our looking. Questions last. Week. I wasn't looking at the subtitles. Were uh, what were the rules about keeping your house clean when you're growing up? Mm-hmm. Sub question: Do superhero movies work for you? Sub sub question: Let's or Jetsons. Let us begin with our friend <laughs> Nina, the artist on so many things. Including uh, the Sparks series of books that we also do. Um, she says, "Sorry to bring back this old topic, but interestingly enough, uh, interesting. Even though David was poo pooing Marie Kondo on Me? Uh, the sh- yes, Me poo pooing Marie like Kondo. Yep, uh, Marie Kondo on the show back when she first made waves. Her philosophy is exactly the same. His philosophy is exactly the same as hers. When people were getting all up in arms about her, they were fundamentally misunderstanding her method." And mostly going by misquote, they mistook her saying she personally only keeps 30 books as everyone should only keep 30 books, which is not something she ever said. She never pushes a numerical restriction on anyone. She stresses her method is not about what to discard, but choosing what to keep. Her cleaning method is about finding the perfect amount of stuff, not getting rid of everything. It's about going through all your things and asking yourself if it truly makes you happy or if you're keeping it just a habit. It's about making sure the things that make you happy are treated with respect instead of shoved in a box and kept in storage like grandpa. No, she doesn't say that. <laughs> um, according to her method, if 30 Tabasco bottles, which you brought up, yeah. and 50 beehive honey containers, which you brought up, spark joy in you, then you're totally fine to keep them, as long as they're being displayed, or at least kept in an accessible place. Otherwise, do they truly spark joy if they're left boxed up and out of sight, like grandpa? Uh, also, <laughs> I'm not Poor a fan grandpa. of either, but I would choose Jetsons over Flintstones any day of the week. I agree. There we go. Hooray, uh, hooray uh, for Nina. Kaden writes, uh, I don't remember many rules about cleaning when I was a kid. I think it was mostly keep it to your room because the house was always neat. But mine and my brother's room was always a bomb site. Right now, the whole house is a bomb site. So our kid is learning nothing. <laughs> oh, well, future wife or husband. Sorry, we didn't even try. Uh, for Jetsons or, Flintstones, Jetsons or Flintstones, I would choose Jetsons because I remember seeing the Jetsons movie 
when I was a kid. And did the Flintstones ever have a movie? No! So I choose the Jetsons. I'm not, not talking about those live-action abominations, just the real, honest-to-goodness, 90-minute versions of the cartoons with better animation. Uh, I then res responded that, yes, indeed, there was a Flintstones movie called The Man Called Flintstone. That was in the 60s. It was kind of a James Bond riff. Anyhow. And also, you know, the Jetsons movie, for all that you're remembering it. Do you remember Orbity? I think he's in it. And Anyway, back to the list. I'm going to skip this superhero question and talk about Degrassi for a second here, because I'm Australian, and you will come to find it's a real thing with Australians in particular. Why? <laughs> because most of us only had two channels when Degrassi was shown on TV, and at 5.30 in the afternoon, it was that or watch the news with our parents. So, of course, we're all going to scream at our parents that there's something better on. Now, get out! That TV is ours! For a certain age, I'm 41 now, it's all we had. For kids who don't watch TV, they hated it because their only exposure to it was at school in health class to stop you from having sex and affirming your choice to be uh, doing better things at 5.30, I guess. For us nerds, it was eye-opening. Especially since the show was actually full of nerds. Yeah. And it belonged to us. And uh, what is this far-off wonderland called Toronto? I must go there! Spoiler, I did. <laughs> now, I recently had the opportunity to work on a Degrassi Comics pitch with uh, Pat uh, Mastroianni, Joey Jeremiah. So the 12-year-old inside of me uh, essentially died squealing. But my wife and I recently attended a mini reunion, just Joey and Caitlin, and showing of the movie in Calgary that Pat organized. He greeted everyone before the movie. I didn't say who I was. We all watched the movie, still great. And there was a big Q&A afterwards, and I stood up and asked, have you ever thought of pitching Degrassi as a comic book? There was big excitement from the crowd. And proceeded to outlay our entire pitch as a plot example. And it slowly dawns on him. Hey, wait a second, what's your name? <laughs> and I got to surprise him and give him the cover art to our issue, uh, one that never happened. Oh. It was a fun night. So uh, now the 41-year-old me can die squealing, and it's not from a brain tumor. <laughs> that actually does sound like a Degrassi episode. <laughs> uh, maybe my wife will uh, find someone who can teach her son how to clean room. Yeah, maybe someone from Degrassi the next generation. Yep, Drake, Drake uh, keeps a real clean room, I've, he I've heard. Yep. All right. I almost stay said healthy, I've heard. Kanan. Stay healthy. Yes, um, Kanan, please stay, stay well. Uh, Todd uh, writes... Thankfully, my parents were... Well, wait a second. You left out his response to your your uh, uh, fact-checking him on the All Flintstones. Right, sure. I said there was a Flintstones movie, loved it as a kid, gave a gave a clip to the... Uh, gave a link to the trailer, and he responded, I stand corrected. Still, was there a Flintstones movie on at the theater when specifically I was a child? No! <laughs> and also, not when I was a child, no, either, but uh, films like that would do the circuit and, and, and show up at theaters on Saturdays, um, like for matinees. And so that's where I saw it when I was a, a kid. So I'm not like that crazy, crazy old, but you know, I'm old enough. Um, Todd uh, writes us now, uh, thankfully my parents weren't clean freaks by any means. Although I was expected to keep my room reasonably tidy, uh, the cleaning strategy I developed as a kid uh, that I have kept as an adult is to keep everything tidy except for one closet or drawer or whatever which I pile up with any junk that I can't find a tidy place for anywhere else. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> As for superhero movies, I've enjoyed almost all the MCU movies I've seen, but there have only been a few of them I've really loved. So far, Thor Ragnarok has probably been my favorite. I also like the Nolan Batman movies, but apart from them, 
I found the grim and gritty approach of the modern DC movies to be off-putting. I become so tired uh, of that approach that I haven't I haven't been able to watch The Boys despite hearing so many good things about it. I suppose that's why I was never able to get into Game of Thrones either. I always saw it billed as like Lord of the Rings, but with more sex and violence, which to me is not a very appealing combination. <laughs> oh, well, to each their own. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get through the first season of The Boys, but I started with the second season and uh, uh, I'm in. I'm in and on board. <laughs> are you going to watch the first season? Or are you okay? Mm, I think I'm good. Huh, interesting. I think yeah. it's I think it's quite good. I think I think the ending of the second season was better than the first season, but I I think I think the reveal at the end, I mean you already know the reveal now, but yeah. I think the reveal at the end of the first season was really left you like wanting more. You know okay. the the producer of um I don't, I'm sure I mentioned it, but the producer of of the boys, the guy who developed it for television, is Eric Kripke, who is the guy who created Supernatural. Okay. So here's Which what is why the guy from Supernatural's on it next season. That's right. That's what he he actually tweeted. I think he said it's it's obviously my life's duty to keep Jensen Ackles in 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 work. So I'm hiring again for another show. So. Yeah, making sure he can never eat carbs. So <laughs> he's working out. Yes. Yes. So he's uh, yeah he'll be playing Soldier Boy, who is mentioned this in this this season, the second season, but he is not seen. And he's only, yeah, there's just a mention of him, not nothing more. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, Phil writes, uh, hi, Ian and Dave. All I can say is I love your podcast. Oh, thank, thank you. Much. And uh, could you tell me the opening piano riff? Thanks. Well, Dave, yes. what is the opening piano riff? Well, many people ask that question because it's such an appealing little bit, but it's from a Bell and Sebastian we, we, song. We have, to, uh, we have to say this first. Yeah. Uh, Phil, yeah. You, you're not a cop, right? <laughs> you're not a cop. You don't work okay. for any bands. You don't work for any Scottish bands right. that are currently... Perf- if, you, if, you, if you are, you got to tell us. But yeah. Okay, let's yeah. just trust each other sure. and be cool about this. That's right. Let's be okay, cool. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, dude. So, yeah, it's a, it's a song that we play by a band that we do not pay for. So let's keep that on the down low. But it's called I Love My Car. And if you are looking for it, you will I'm sure you'll find it in all kinds of streaming services and places like that. But look for Bell and Sebastian. And then look for the song I Love My Car. And then it you'll hear you'll hear the theme song for Sneaky Dragon. Fun, fun fact, you'll also hear the theme song for Listening Party, which also comes from a different instrumental part of of that song. So uh a lot of I'm having a lot of fun. I wish there was a third one that I could use for a third show that we do, but there is not. There we unless go. we unless we do a show called I Love My Car. Oh, it's possible. Maybe I'll learn to drive at some point. Um, Edward Jurgansky writes. Uh, oh, you're going to oh, read that. Oh, you're going to read that oh, one. Wait a okay. second. Was this first on the? Uh, it was an email this... originally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to throw that one to you because I'm reading a lot. So I'm going to read the other two, and then you can read Edward's. Unless you want to read Edward's thing now. No, no. You go ahead, and I'll, then I'll do the emails. Okay. Sounds good. So I'm going to go move on to Nigel. Uh, Nigel writes, uh, we had weekly chores when I was growing up. My mother explained that it's easier to do a light cleanup regularly than a deep cleanup when it becomes absolutely necessary. Well, it sounds like your mom's ripping off a stitch in time saves nine. And uh, Mr. Aesop would like to have a word with her. Uh, when I moved out, I started playing chores chicken. But eventually I figured out that life is generally better when everything is put away and things are generally clean. I can't say I'm the best at doing it. I have too much clutter, but I am working on it. Superheroes work to me as spectacle, but I have a hard time connecting to them. I did, however, really uh, empathize with Wonder Woman during the World War I part of her film. From being horrified that war is even a thing to her trekking across no man's land, and then her disappointment 
there wasn't some big bad that caused the war, just people. That was all great. Everything after that with Ares didn't happen. Yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and his voice, Jetsons. I watched the Flintstones more growing up, but Ooh. I didn't think I could go back. Um, there's some there's some real uh, interesting racial choices in the Flintstones too that you look back and go, ah, okay, well that was then. Um, <laughs> our friend yeah. Louise. Uh, oh, Louise. Us, yep. Uh, maker of the ooey gooey cake. Oh, so so good. Anyway, uh, Louise writes, Ian. Uh, well, I was complaining about my uh, apples. I did not like them apples. Is what I was saying. Uh, Ian, <laughs> you can turn those subpar apples into an applesauce or a chutney that you can use as a tasty topping for pancakes, French toast, or waffles, or as an accompaniment for a pork or poultry dish. Interesting. The uh, chicken and chicken and apples. I never really thought about, but. Yeah, that would probably work. Oh, I know. I never. I I, I associate apples with pork. Yeah, for sure. We, we always pork had applesauce. Apple we always had applesauce with pork chops. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. I'm now remembering that I've got some uh, pork chops upstairs that I should uh, make. Um, and get have some applesauce with them. I, I do have applesauce as well, so you know this all might work out. When I was uh, uh, when I was a kid, of course, we had applesauce, but my mom always just bought sunripe apples applesauce that was our applesauce and then when i started going out with lisa her mom who made applesauce from the transparent apples that grew up, grew on the farm and oh my god that applesauce it was so it was so it was so good like i remember eating it Ruined here for other apples it did like i remember eating it and then going home and my mom you know opened, opened a can of of applesauce and and i was just like this is i didn't say that to her but i was just thinking this is so bland like it was so amazing, like how good the applesauce was. And and recently, Lisa found some transparents for sale, and she bought a bunch, and she made some applesauce here at home. So we had a little bit of applesauce, and then we gave some to our nephew, who who always loved Granny's applesauce. So whenever Lisa can make some, she always gives him some. Nice. Yeah. Sound good. Um, she goes on to say, I like superhero movies like Deadpool that don't take themselves too seriously and acknowledge the absurd or ridiculous aspects of the genre uh, with self-aware dialogue. Me also- too. I also prefer stories that are on a smaller scale. You can only take so many motion capture CGI enhanced villains out to conquer Earth before that gets boring. Yep, there's uh, maybe too many sky beams out there. I will agree with that. Uh, This is going back a few podcasts. That's okay. Uh, But I enjoyed the uh, Dirty Harry Minute fan fiction episode with short stories inspired by the movie Amusingly Read by Dave. Oh, thank Uh, you. Very clever takes on some very minute aspects of the film, including (laughs) Dave's own story, The Brute, which casts a spotlight on the kind of guy you hire to rough you up when you want to frame someone for police brutality. Yes, I enjoyed writing that little story. It was fun. And then Edward Draganski writes, did you get my uh, entry this week? And I say, yes. And he goes, love you guys. And I go, love you back. And now I'm throwing you over to David, who you might know from Fever Dirty Harry Minute. David? <laughs> That's right, the Dirty Harry Minute. Yeah, everyone, if you haven't heard, if you haven't listened to that episode, thank you, Louise, for for uh, giving that giving that some props because it it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, it was and it was hard to do. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a, I have new newfound respect. I mean, I respect anyone who works, but I have newfound respect for people who read like audiobooks and stuff like that. It's it's a it's a tough job, and I hope they never have to listen to themselves like I did. Uh, so, and Ed, love you back. Send me your address. Okay. Um, our first email is, is uh, Regis has written us back after his long questions, uh, long email last time. This is a bit shorter. He says, hi, it was a bit long. Oh, that was me taking my glasses off. Sorry, everybody. 
so I have to take my glasses off to read. That's because I wear glasses to read. It was a bit long indeed, and I reckoned that the syntax was not always on par with my thoughts. And he says, as for Luther, it's the BBC show with Idris Elba, a quite dark show. Now, I've never seen it. Um, Lisa watched it. She said it was very good, but she watched it, so I've never watched it. <laughs> There's no point. I don't want to make her watch a show twice. Uh, he says, on the series in general, I was wondering if the theme of failure was modern. A lot of shows are based on failing heroes and even anti-heroes. For me, it began with Breaking Bad. Then I saw this theme in Jessica Jones, Luther, and The Boys, where the heroes are doing some the heroes are doing sometimes more harm than good. Luther is quite efficient at catching the baddies, but in the process gets his relatives killed or badly injured. He is some kind of a super realistic hero like Sherlock, the BBC version, he notes. About Sherlock, there's also a theme of the heroes you should not love or that you would hate in re- in reality. So Sherlock, Breaking Bad, Doc Martin, House of Cards, the American one. In Sherlock and Doc Martin, there is a little bit of redemption. I'm trying not to be too long, he says with a winky face, because otherwise I could digress and rant about David Fincher, Seven, Fight Club, and House of Cards, and why he is one of the worst cynical and manipulative directors of modern times. <laughs> and sir, I am 100% in your court on that. And thanks for answering my two long and messy questions. And he gives another winky face. You're welcome. Please send your long and messy questions. It's wonderful to answer them. And I thought I thought your questions and your thoughts were very were uh, very interesting because they were they they lacked our our sentimental anchor, you know, that kind of ties us to them, and in a way, kind of keeps us from exploring the the meanings and, and stuff as much as other people who maybe aren't as familiar with them would, you know, and can look at them more coldly and just kind of say but why <laughs> but what if <laughs> so that was very good so thank you for that and yes i am 100 percent with you on david fincher i i think his movies are completely manipulative and very cynical and uh seven is one of my very 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 least favorite movies ever made because i am not a self-righteous person so i can't enjoy that movie anyway enough about seven and that movie for self-righteous people uh let's go to edward jurgansky and his subject is episode 462 questions. I hope he means that he has... This is for epi- episode 462. <laughs> he says, I am a neat Nick, and I am incredibly good at cleaning. Always have been. That being said, my folks never had any trouble with me pitching in to clean or organize. I always kept my room clean and organized, which I was accountable for. The one, mm-hmm. the one thing that I used... The one thing that used to drive my dad crazy was when I got the urge to rearrange my room. He never understood the need to do that. So one time I decided to rearrange my bedroom. Dad showed me a trick. Dad took some graph paper and drew up a scaled-down version of my room on the paper so that each square was equal to a square foot. Then we measured all my furniture and scaled that down on paper too. I cut out the furniture shapes so I could rearrange them first on the graphed-out drawing of my room, making sure everything fit before moving the real things around for hours. That's essentially my dad, the engineer. It may have driven him nuts, but he helped me with a better plan to drive him less nuts. Outside of keeping my own room clean, my folks weren't all that imposing on the rest of the house. Just common sense stuff like rinsing plates and putting them in the dishwasher, or picking up a mess if it was made. My dad did task me in the summer with mowing the grass and sweeping the garage since he had terrible asthma and would suffer greatly while doing those chores. I was outside anyway and didn't mind. I was good at it too, and received an allowance. Was it around thirty dollars? Anyway, <laughs> I suppose it was passed on to my kids, who were also neat and organized. It was never a heavy-handed discipline either. 
Moreover, learn by doing and setting good examples over time. My stepkids are a different story altogether, but they get a wild hair every so often and go on a cleaning spree. So all is not completely lost. I just shut the doors to the rooms if I don't want to see it. The eldest was the worst, but he's on his no but he's on his own now, and finally learned that he has nobody but himself to clean up after him. One mm. down, two to go. Dot dot dot. You know full well that superhero films work for me. They might even work too well. I literally drew and designed movie posters for the Avengers, X-Men, and Justice League when I was a teen, as if they were feature live action films. So you can imagine the payoff of seeing all this unfold in the last 25 or so years. I would actually cast the films by finding photos of actors or models who I thought looked like the Vision or Beast or whoever and draw them as lifelike as possible into posters for the films. It wasn't as spectacular as the way Alex Ross paints them, but more of a designed way of featuring the characters as if I was actually designing a poster for the film. I've written to you before about how I define the comic book films versus the superhero films, so I'll just discuss how su- how the superhero genre has affected me. For comics, and not films, I was a Marvel reader, Mar- Marvel reader first, and DC came later for me. How about you, Ian? Were you a Marvel or DC reader first? I was definitely a Marvel reader first, yeah. yeah. DC always seemed so top-heavy with all the Infinite Earth stuff, and so much to keep up with, and Marvel was just on one world and easy to follow. Mm-hmm. Then, I saw Superman the movie, and I was a DC fan overnight. <laughs> I still consider Reeve in that role as the quintessential Superman, and Gene Hackman as the greatest villain ever in the role of Luther. I will never stop loving that film and all the elements that pull it together. It's still my number one. Then I went through the same thing again during my last college summer with Burton's Batman. It was everything I wanted that summer. I look at the experience I enjoyed leading up to and during those films as my own way of measuring them against one another. So, I would have to say that if I had a foothold in reading Marvel Comics first, that DC was first as far as films were concerned. Then came the Marvel Revolution with X-Men, which I worked on over three jobs for the entire 20 years of the franchise, the Fantastic Four, which I also worked on, and then the Marvel Studios run. This was a dizzying experience and a complete odyssey for me, considering I'd been waiting for it since I was 12 years old. I think what it would be like to go back in time and explain to my 12 12 or 15-year-old self about what was coming. (laughs) I truly love it all, and I know that some some consider the genre so saturated at this point, but for me, it's a dream come true. If Marvel was a week-long Woodstock-like rock concert with 50 bands in attendance, then DC is like an opera. This is my best way to describe the difference between the Marvel and DC films now, and I love both rock concerts and opera. Since reading DC Comics came later for me, the 20-year-old in me was also waiting for the Justice League, Batman vs. Superman, Joker, and Watchmen films from DC. I know they're highly criticized, but I still enjoy the experience each one has given me. The worst thing would have been if the DC and Marvel studios tried to mimic one another, so I'm happy with the fact that each studio has its own style of film. I love it all, and I'm ready for more. On screen, streaming, animated, everything, except that Josh Trank piece of shit. Flintstones all the way. What? <laughs> you're you're the odd man out here, Ed. Flintstones no, all the know, way. I'm, I'm Flintstones as well. I know, but I'm talking in terms of the general vote of people. It seems Jetsons is a more appealing concept for some reason. <laughs> Flintstones all the way. I enjoyed Fred and Barney and their friendship. Poor George Jetson didn't have a best friend or a lodge to hang out at. He didn't even bowl. 
He didn't need to bowl. He would have space bowled. The Flintstones seem to be a bit more fossilized, sorry, into pop culture. They transcend time. One of my favorite appearances of Fred and Barney is from an old black and white Winston cigarette commercial. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Where they're hiding out behind the house and sneaking a smoke, sneaking a smoke while Wilma and Betty do all the work. Hmm. Uh, he then le- he gives us a, a um, YouTube yeah, link to you that. Yeah, you hate to see you hate to see the women working that hot. Hey, let's go. Uh, let's go behind the house so we don't have to look at. Them. He says yeah. they're just rock. Sorry again, stars. I also like how when celebrities showed up and they were given Flintstone-esque names like Stony Curtis or Anne Margrock. Yeah. My joke has always been that if Sharon Stone had starred as an animated Flintstone character, she wouldn't have had to change her name at all. She was in the uh, movie. It was Sharon Stone that was in there, played by Halle Berry. There you go. As Originally supposed to be Sharon Stone. But yeah. she, she dropped out? I, I don't know what the situation was, but Halle Berry played Sharon Stone in the, in the huh, movie. Weird. Yeah. Um, as far as Hanna-Barbera themes, true, Johnny Quest was badass, and the Jetsons was jazzy and fun. But the best theme of all was Top Cat, Paws Down. And he, once again, leaves, leaves a link for that. So if you want to hear Ed's favorite... And a Barbera theme, you should click on that. And with an honorable mention to Dick Dastardly and Muttley's Stop That Pigeon. Oh, you're right. Stop That Pigeon was great. Stop That Pigeon. Uh, did I make it in time to grab my fedora this week? Ed, you did indeed grab your fedora, sir. Fedora, not Annie. Not Annie. Okay. Yeah. So that was uh, <laughs> very, very nice. And uh, I just want to comment. just want to go back and comment. Please, please comment. On... Um, Yes, DC and Marvel Studios not imitating each other. I really, I, I, I agree with that on that. I think that's, even though I've not been totally happy with the initial run of the films, I have actually enjoyed the, um, I didn't think it was perfect, as you know, but I, I thought um, Birds of Prey was all right. I, I enjoyed Shazam, and I, I even liked Joker. So, um, you know, I thought, I'm kind of enjoying them sort of letting... And I mean, I'm sure they still keep their hands on the reins, as we saw with the Josh Trank one, where they obviously were not happy with what he did, and they they tried to make it better, uh, and and probably made it worse in the in the in the in, in by doing so. But but um, yeah, I I I like I kind of I appreciate that they've kind of gone, you know, like what makes Marvel good is that it has, you know, has Kevin Feige's vision over overarching everything, and he's kind of. He's been a very kind of benevolent dictator of the Marvel films. And you do get, you know, individual things like Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy, which are very personal to the the filmmakers. But you also get a lot of stuff which is just very much journeyman work, you know, accomplished, but, you know, nothing special in terms of direction. But, you know, I think the the main part of it is is the kind of plan that, that Feige has for everything. And, you know, he has a kind of vision of what he wants. And so far, so good, right? I mean, it really has worked out for him. I think DC tried to do that, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's their strong point. I think, you know, I think treating their characters at more of a, in a quirky way has been more successful. You know, and it's too bad. It's been like Suicide Squad didn't work or that they didn't allow it to work. Um but, no, they're doing a second shot at it. But they're doing a second shot at it, and I hope that they let. I hope they let. Um, I'm, I'm betting that's going to be fine. I'm really hoping that he does it more in a kind of a a, a, a Slither style than than in a Guardians of the Galaxy style. But we'll see. I did watch Slither again a little while ago. It's <laughs> yeah, on. I, I was on Prime. I, right I feel now. like it is a good comparison. Going like Marvel and DC are a lot like Marvel and DC when I started to read comics, whereas Marvel was much more unified, and he felt like everything was happening in the same universe. 
Whereas, like, I would read a Batman comic and a Superman comic, and they, they were in no way connected at all. Yeah. Like, they were yeah. in completely different worlds. And if you read Brave and the Bold or Spectre, you know, it'd just be, oh, this is completely unrelated to, to each other. And mm-hmm. they weren't even trying. You know, they would team up for Justice League, but then there'd be no reference to any of that. In Here's what, something that always used to get me in um, uh, Batman comics was, like, I'd read Justice League, and in Ju- Justice League, they all had uh, transporters. And they would transport to their uh, satellite base. Okay. I was like, okay, they all have teleportation. And then, like, uh, in Batman, you know, he'd be like, oh, no, the Joker's uh, killing a whole school full of kids. Uh, better drive my car there. Oh, wait, use the teleportation device that you got in your belt. And, you know, the car. It's like, well, you, you got a teleportation device. Ah, it doesn't matter. Because what happens in Justice League has nothing to do with what happens in Batman. Batman and Batman is very grounded, and he can't just call his friend Superman when things get bad, you know. But in uh, Justice League, yeah, they're all they're all chums. Yeah, yeah, doing their thing. But in, I think, like in Marvel, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, uh, something mystical isn't happening. The first thing Spider-Man thinks is like, "Where's Doctor Strange? Where's that guy? He should be taking care of this." Starts complaining about that because you know it's much more uh, unified and connected. What I what I kind of my my ideal for for the DC movies is that they, they all kind of follow in the footsteps of, of the, the magazine solo. And I always think of that Mike Allred issue with uh, like the slumber party in it and stuff like that with some of the, like the, uh, I guess they would have been members of the, ju- the, the kind of universal justice league, whatever that's called. Okay. Do you know the, do you know the issue I'm talking about? The... No, I don't really, but. Oh, okay. So, so DC for a while, they, for a short time anyway, it's too bad it didn't last longer. They did a thing where they would just give an entire comic issue to an author. Oh, like Solo. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I said. I said, said, said Solo. Yeah, I said Solo. Yeah, I know you did say Solo, but I was thinking there's a couple of other things called Solo. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. That, uh, I'm not talking about the that. American not talking about the American soccer goalie. No. Hoop Solo. I'm talking about, yeah, the book Solo. Uh, and so, yeah, so you had ones that were like um, Jordi Bernay or, you know, the guy who did um, Torpedo. Yeah, uh, and I guess he did some uh, did some um, the the uh, ca- cowboy guy the the one with the the mess up face. Uh, jo- Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex, yeah, he did some of those. He yeah, Paul Hope did one. Darwin Cook, uh, Sergio Aragonés. I was I yeah, was thinking yeah. Sergio Aragonés did one, but it wasn't. No, sure. no, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and there, then but the one I loved the most was the Mike Allred one because it it had this great centerpiece story, which was which was like a bunch of the kind of young, like teenage superhero characters having a slumber party together. And it's just so great because it's so low key, but, and, but fun and funny at the same time. And it's just, and kind of uses their characters and it's just really great. And, and reading it, it, you know, I was thinking like, what's fun about that is it kind of highlights something about DC that you couldn't do with Marvel, but you could do with DC, like those kind of stories, like Superman family stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's not really in like the Mar- Marvel universe style, I, I think, but it's more in, in that kind of DC, um, that kind of, that kind of uh, naivete kind of, you know, that is part of those, part of the charm of, you know, uh, super horse and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, I do, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that someone will do a, a DC movie with that spirit in, in in it, that kind of fun, you know, whether it's like, like, you know, like even like the Captain Marvel film, which, you know, I love like the CC Beck Captain Marvel. I just, I really like that kind of just the goofiness of like the talkie tawny and stuff like that. It's just so great to me, like a pipe smoking tiger who talks, you know, like who's, you know, and who's like, you know, kind of like a bit like he's sort of like, he's sort of like, um, 
what's his name Bill Plenty like the actor from Dick Tracy who was like a real blowhard yeah. and you know thought a lot about himself and that's, that's kind of like that's a Dick Tracy character Bill Plenty yeah, yeah. And that's and that's I feel like Takitani was kind of like that he's just this this tiger who's strangely overconfident in his own abilities and also has written a book and smokes a pipe and wears a smoking jacket you know what i mean like and, it's just such now a little... that we have the rocket raccoon uh, technology you can yeah do that. yeah you could have that character and and do it in a goofy way don't make him like a real tiger like god who cares like why even bother then but uh yeah it's just uh it sounds like the kind of thing they they kind of do sometimes on legends of tomorrow okay you know when they have the when they have the ability well one thing that both the TV version of DC, and now it seems like the Marvel version is going for, is this whole multiverse idea of just like, you know what, we own all these characters. We can have them all team up at any point if we want. We, we don't need to stick to one reality. And, uh, you know, they played, a, 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 you know, with that in, you know, the Spider-Verse movie. Mm. But it looks like they're going to be doing that with the next Spider-Man movie and a little bit maybe in the, the Wanda and Vision series WandaVision. Okay. Uh, but they definitely did this with um, the uh, the Arrowverse shows last year with Crisis on Infinite Earths where they just tied in like, you know, the old Bird and Batman movie, the old Birds of Prey TV show, basically anything that was anything, the old Flash TV show from the 90s, uh, anything that was like that, they're all just on their own different worlds. and But they can cross over. And why not? And it's fun and, you know, uh, people people enjoy that. So it looks like they're playing with that a little bit now with uh, with with Marvel uh, too, but it might open the the door a little bit for different styles and fun, weird, cartoony things and and stuff like you know Talkie Tony. <laughs> Hopefully, I like Talkie Tony. I also really like Captain Marvel Junior. I'd like to see something with that guy. That was a that that's just this odd little character that I don't know if anyone knows what to do with. But uh, Talkie Tony. No, no, uh, oh. Captain Marvel Jr. Oh, Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah, yeah. It was this character who, you know, because he wasn't Captain Marvel, you could do weird stories with him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could do odd little side things with him and, yeah. you know, uh, have a little bit more fun and it was a little looser. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that, and sounds like, that sounds more like an animated character. Could be. That sounds like yeah. more something animated, like like a kind of Spider-Verse sort of thing, you know. Where yeah, you, and his, uh, I think like his lost brother was, uh, what was it? What was his, what was his name? Uh, Kid... It's not Kid Impossible, Kid Invincible, Kid something, but the idea behind uh, Kid Infinity, I think so. Um, he would uh, be able to summon any person who was dead okay. and, uh, and, and get them to help. So he'd be like, I really need uh, some guidance here. Poof, Ben Franklin shows up. Ben, what should I do? Where am I? Oh, okay, I'll tell you. Well, don't play with electricity. I'll say that much. And uh, <laughs> they have a, they have adventures. But he was related to Captain Marvel Junior. I'm ran I'm rambling though right now. You are <laughs> rambling. So let's 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 end the show. Sure, sure. After that ramble, mm -hmm. as Robert Plant once said, "Ramble on." But uh, let's. Um, so I thought of a question for this week, which is um, which is related to a conversation we had a little earlier. But I'm going to make it more general, and I'm going to make it two parts. One is. What was your favorite cereal when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. The second part of that is, has it changed? Do you have a new favorite cereal now that you've grown up? Ah, so there, that's like a, it. That's our first question. All right. I'm going to go second question, sort of related to it. Okay. Um, what was the best prize you ever got? Oh. Out of food product? Oh. Like, I'll go cereal, but I'll also go Cracker Jack. I'll also go Red Rose tea. Whatever, <laughs> you know, whoever was giving stuff away. What was the best prize you got? Okay, that's cool. Let me just write these down while I'm 
thinking of favorite cereal. Okay, so uh, if you want to answer these questions, and we really hope you do because they're such great questions, obviously, um, mm-hmm. you can do it this way. You can go to our website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. You'll find our shows there. You'll find places for comments underneath the shows. We invite your comments. We love to hear from you, so please do write. If you are a private person and would like to write to us via the old email, our address is SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. We are on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon, and we have a Facebook page, which is called Sneaky Dragon. These are all ways to contact us, and we'd love to hear from you. So please do write. Don't hesitate. And also, remember, remember, people, I said your name earlier in the show. I will not say it again, but I will say it next week if you maybe missed it. Um, send, me your ad- send me your address. So send, that, send the addresses via email at sneak- so SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Just pop me your address so I can pop your your over over large sticker in the mail. What are you laughing at? Just you going, so I can pop your over large sticker in the mail. It just was a weird pause. <laughs> Sorry everyone. So yeah, I was I was just I was thinking about how, how gigantic these stickers were. I, I ordered them I ordered bumper sticker size. I didn't realize how big bumper stickers are until like mm. they came in the mail and I went, Oh my God, these are ginormous. <laughs> this is insane, but okay. Uh, and cause I, when I did it, I, I, I guess I should have checked with a ruler cause I just went this many inches in this. I didn't, I don't, cause I don't really know inches very well. Cause I, you know, I mean, I guess I use them at work, but I wasn't really thinking very cl- clearly. Obviously I was, I think I was thinking in terms of centimeters when I was looking at these numbers. I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Okay, that's a, that's fine. It's not huge, but okay, that, that'll be nice. And then I got these these pieces of paper that I could sleep under in the mail. <laughs> so you guys get them next. So there you go. So please send me your address and I will send them to you. I look forward to doing so. That's what I made them for, to thank you for making our show better. And uh, and you can make your car look better or whatever you want to stick them to. You don't have to stick them to your car. Really, I mean that sincerely. You can just keep them if you want. You can pass them on to someone else. You can do whatever you want with them. I don't care. But I just want to thank you for helping us. So um, send me your address. All right. That's enough for this show, I think. And thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Travel around the world and back again. So were you thanking me for being a friend, or are you thanking uh, our listeners sure, for being I'm thanking friend? you, and I'm also thanking our listeners. Oh, okay. You all. all right. Okay. I think we're all, in our own way, Golden Girls. <laughs> Is that what that song's from? It's from Golden Girls, yeah. Okay. That's a pretty good theme song for that show. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. It feels like it feels like the, the theme song is done for, hey? Because nowadays, all the shows just have, like the merest hint of a theme, you know, it's just kind of like, ding, 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 bump, bump, and the show starts. Yeah, it should, it, they sh- yeah, because unfortunately, you know, when it gets to Netflix, it's skip opening. It's like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But every show should start with, okay, here's the deal, they're friends, and also there's a thing, the dog is a wisecracker, and also <laughs> there's a landlord, the landlord has some issues, but, but he's got backstory, we'll get to it later. Okay, um, what else do you need to know? Uh, okay, we changed the ant midway through the first season, but we don't refer to that now, so don't get confused. And so on. All right. We use a laugh track except when we're in the surgical scenes because we feel that's disrespectful. Uh, and so on. What show are you referring to? MASH. MASH didn't have a laugh track for the surgical scenes? No, there's no laugh track during the surgical scenes. None of them are my favorite scenes. 
Yeah, they cut them. They cut the laugh track. They cut them all, right? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And as soon as they leave, you know, the laugh track starts again, which would be nice if, like, the uh, the actors then just went, "Where did that? Do you hear the laughter when we come out here? But you don't hear it in there." That's strange. Or maybe just have character at one point just goes into the surgical room and just goes, "I just need a break from it. Couldn't take it. What the laughter? Do you hear them laughing at you?" <laughs> No, Hawkeye, are you okay? Oh, it's one of these episodes where I'm crazy? Is it one of these? It's sweeps? Am I going for an Emmy? Oh, shit. I'm going for an Emmy, right? Fuck me. Okay, fine. Oops. I like self-aware Emmy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I like it. All right. Let's 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 call this let's, let's call this patient on the table. He's fine. He's fine? Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the machine was broken. <laughs> the machine was, just hit it. Get the fonz in here. Hey, dude, dude, dude. Uh, okay, we've really jumped the garbage. We cans. have really jumped some garbage cans, everyone. So we're gonna say goodbye, and now some porn music. Don't be afeard. Just do it. Okay. Go on. I feel like I feel like I'm. Get in her a, done. Come on. Now I feel like I'm in a Nike commercial. There you go, champ. You can do it. Come on. <laughs> no fear. Come on. All right.